0: Alright, guys, we're back at another episode. John Naderi, Nads. What's up, Frank? My God, bro. Such an honor to be here with you, man. dude. Of man. course, look, hell yeah, look, let's look do it. Look what you did for me, man. Look, look what at you did this, too. You, you came Hello? out, dude. I appreciate Shh. it, man.
1: I feel like I'm like. I'm Cheers, not bro. Of Cheers. This. Cheers to you, man.
0: I love you it, know. dude. This feels good.
1: This feels good.
0: It does, man. Honor to sit with you, bro.
1: Hunter's all mine. You know?
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Yeah. I, I always end up seeing you at like the most random completely. places. Completely, completely. I think uh, it's usually like like SEMA. Is, I saw you at
1: SEMA, and I saw you at. Um, we were live streaming from some show, and I may have had one too many Pacificos uh, ended up on your booth. <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> I want to say it was Spocom. It might have been Spocom. It might have been. Uh, I
0: don't remember Spocom
1: or AutoCon. Do you some know it's been
0: so weird, no. dude? Is like the the last couple of years, I know it's been just weird for everybody, you know, after COVID and stuff, but it was, I think it was, uh, I realized it after the last, uh, the Honda meet, which is the old I bought. I know, meet, I'm so is, bummed to miss that one. Oh, you missed I miss, it? I
1: missed it. I was oh. so sad to miss dude,
0: that one. Dude, when I was oh. there, we set up the booth and everything. I saw that, I saw that. And I was just like, dude, we haven't been here since, I think it was May, 2019. And that was yeah. literally two years ago yeah it's not crazy yeah. it is man it's going it's going from like you know going to maybe 10 15 shows a year then the only one that i went to in the last two years was auto salon early 2020 oh yeah and yeah, that's yeah, it yeah. it's like man dude i needed that like refresher bro completely, completely so how have things been for you since it's all slowed down because you're on on the go all the time
1: I, I, have to, I, have to, I have to spin a lot of plates to keep going. So for me, um, I, I, I sit in my little office and I have my little laptop and I just go. And, and if I could get out, it's great. And when I travel, it's even better. Mm-hmm. So I love to travel, I love to get out, I love to go to shows, I love to go to meets, I love to be exposed to different cultures. Within, you know, I'm primarily in the automotive space, so, but within and also outside of the automotive space. I love street art. I love skateboarding. I love mountain biking. I love action sports, snowboarding, you know, all that stuff. So, surfing is my huge passion right now. Surfing and gravel bikes, really into that right now. And those two I could do. Yeah. But when I go experience like a cultural gathering or something like that, like a street art exhibit or a car meet, can't do that. You know, so I felt like I wasn't getting my dose of culture. Mm. And to me, it, 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 as much as I'm a homebody, as much as I like to stay in my little space and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that, I didn't like that part of it. I didn't like the not being able to get out. Yeah. That's so bum- the only thing that, like, that saved me was going surfing in the mornings and getting out on my bike and riding in the mornings and skating with my kids because you could do that because you're socially distant from everyone else, you know. But, like, the sheer act of, like, bonding with someone over a drink or going out and sharing a meal or even going to a meet and gathering with everybody—it was, bum- you know. And I also use these, you know, I rely on people like you a lot for inspiration. And I, I look to who's setting the trends of the future and mm. what is, which direction this world is going in every aspect. And for me to not be able to do that, it sort of feels like you're adrift yeah. in, in the sea without a rudder. You know. So that's for me. That was the big thing. But for the most part, like. Everybody's like, "You're, I'm, I'm, I'm pandemic proof," because like all I am is just sitting at home working, sitting at home
0: working. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, so
1: when the pandemic kicks in, I'm like, "Well, I just keep working." But <laughs> I need those breaks. I need those resets. When you don't get those, even someone who's as like monastic homebody as I am, you struggle with that. Yeah. You know? So that's always hard.
0: You know? Now you say that you're always uh, keeping your eye on like you know trendsetters and what's going on in the community. I was watching a video from you. Dude, back in like two thousand nine, I think it was about SEMA. Oh yeah! Already back then, you're talking about you know viral videos <laughs> and, and, and posting online and how to how to get traction. Like, how did you even foresee that even being something?
1: Oh man, I I'm never I never like I hate throwback Thursdays, way back Wednesday, flashback Friday. I was this, I was that. My car was this, my car was that. For you know? sure. I, I don't like resting on my laurels. I don't like, you know, I'm always trying to figure out what the next big thing is. I, I try, sometimes I even have a problem where I will skip a couple, like I was trying to do virtual reality and augmented reality five years ago, six mm. years ago, and people were like, what are you doing? I tried to do YouTube in 2007. I remember. And I we we <laughs> popped off with Rice Boy, <laughs> and we were like, Everybody's like, this is so cool, but we didn't get enough people. And now it's everywhere, you know, I, so now I see things I did. I put like one famous story that I like to tell is, uh, Nab Taniguchi had the HKS hyper S 15, the okay. red S 15 on the, the super Advance, and with the silver foil graphics, it's an iconic car. I mean, everybody would kill for that car. I put that car on the cover of super street magazine in 2002. 2002, no one had ever seen that car. There was no internet, no anything. We traveled to Japan, we knew the people at HKS, thank goodness for all the Super Street connections, went into HKS to film it, had Knob, went to Knob's house, had all this crazy thing, it was only a six page story and put it on the cover. It did so bad, Mm. it did so bad. My bosses at Super Street said, what is that car? What is that car? And I'm like, that's a Nissan S15, it's a D1 GP champion. And they're like don't ever put a car like that on the cover again what what does it do it's a drift car what is drifting Mm. it's this is it you know and then they're like no no don't yellow civics yellow civic hatch yellow civic hatch that was the one that popped off yellow yellow ek hatch with like uh titanium magnesium te37 blue mag blue mag yeah yellow and blue they said that's the color that pops and that's a couple of those issues took off people had you know knock off rotas and enkes and everything else but they always did that blue finish back then and that was the look. And everybody's there like, use yellow. And, and this JDM stuff, do more of the JDM. i like, yeah, we've been doing the JDM stuff. I really wanna do like hyper JDM and like really invest ourselves in the culture. There's another thing that I really like called VIP sedans. Mm. I'm like, what are those? And they're, they're like, don't show that. That looks like your dad's car. And I'm like, that's the thing that's gonna be the next thing that's coming through. They didn't want nothing to do with it. And now, people go gaga over that car. For sure. you know? Funny story about that car that car was sold to jerry sai from pacific rim i don't know no one's even old enough to remember these days. jerry sai from pacific Rim, and there was a super young driver didn't speak any english his name was Dairo yoshihara uh, daijiro yoshihara so it was like dai dai came here from japan drove that car he bought it from from hks uh jerry bought it from hks and they covered it in a rockstar livery and it became known as the rockstar s15 in in formula drift Wow. And I told Jerry, I'm like, you ruined that car, you know? <laughs> and he's like, whatever, whatever, man. It's a sponsor. It's just a race car and everything. And he was kind of bummed about it. But he's like, I have to do this because Rockstar is our sponsor. They sold it to Falcon. Falcon painted it in the teal and blue. And they pulled the SR20 out and put an LS in it. And a couple people drove it, Darren McNamara and a few other people. And it still had Knob Signature on it. And I was just talking to Nick Vasekas from Falcon. And we we went to this old school night at race service, and I he goes, that's our car. You know, they showed it on. It was like an old school like uh, Japanese night. And um, I said, you guys messed up that car. You ruined that car. And he goes, I know. I know. <laughs> and they even admitted it. But I heard a rumor that I don't know. I'm sorry, Nick, if I'm spilling the spilling the tea here, but I heard a rumor that that car will come back in its original livery. Like someone is going to save that car, and to me. I think that's neat when you look forward, yeah, to go back too and to recognize what happened in the past because history always repeats itself. If you look at fashion, right now women are wearing big bell-bottom jeans and I'm like, bell-bottom jeans, that was the 70s, you know? It's like, but you watch that cyclical fashion and now there's like um there's a girl from um uh I can't remember her name, Rose, 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 something, but she's in a movie that's based on Olivia Newton-John, which is like the hair up and let's get physical and the aerobics and everything, oh, those yeah. high-waisted fashion. All that's coming back. So to me, I look back in the past sometimes and see that, like, I see guys like you and, and Ryan and Big Mike and everything preserving like the quote-unquote old-school wheel style. Kenji from Gretty is going off right now and building all these retro builds and yeah. everything. And I think that's neat to see. But for me, while I'm looking back, I also try to look forward. And nothing is original. Everybody's a rip-off artist, including me. Yeah. Everything I do, but I try to look forward. I look to other industries. I look to the tech industry. I look to fashion. I look to street culture. And I see where the world is going at large. And how do you apply that to the automotive space? And there are some people that might be way ahead of their time, you know, that will do something that is such a, and I hate to use this phrase, I really hate using this phrase, but the game changers. Mm. People throw that word around with reckless abandon, and I think, that's kind of bullshit. Can I say it? Can I curse on this you one? Say okay. whatever okay. you want, bro. So I feel like that's sort of like disingenuous to say game changer, because not too many things truly change the game, truly reinvent the space. Like if you go back in the Honda world, like you go back to like LJ Garcia's Feels Wide Body Civic, that was a game changer. Mm. That was the one that sort of popped off. RJ Devera's Egg Yoke DA Integra. You know, it's like those are the cars that really sort of like transformed the game. There's also like, there's revolutions and then evolutions of a breed. So for me, when I look, I know I'm sort of rambling here, but for me, it, when, I, when I look to something that is in the future, I try to see like, how does that apply to our world and who's doing something that, you know, not a lot of people recognize. Today, it's getting harder and harder to do that for someone like me because people like you and everybody else, the media has been commoditized, which I'm saying, it's a democratization of media where... You know, Andy Warhol said everybody gets to be famous for 15 minutes. That couldn't be more true now. Yeah, Instagram is the new world now. You could have a guy, you know, engineered slide, the dude in Australia. He's got that sick-ass Hilux truck that's like, like back in the day, no one knew who that was. But now, he gets to build his truck and build his other cars and show them on the internet. And everybody, it's become a global village. It used to be you had to get to the Tokyo Auto Salon to see like what's sure. happening in the JDM space. Now you're like, eh, you know, I'm going to see it because like Joey Lee at you know the Chronicles, he's going over there. He spends a month over there yeah. just now and he's dropping video blogs and everything and like beautiful photography. And he's even going back to the past and uncovering like old school top fuel CRXs and everything and cars that are sitting abandoned. Yeah. In fields I, I saw and everything, that. Which blows your mind, you know? So yeah. So it's, it's challenging, but one of the things I've also found is, man, I was telling you I, I did YouTube before people were doing YouTube. I did drifting before people were doing drifting. I brought Time Attack to the United States. I tried to bring VIP to the United States. I, I really, really, really despise car shows. Mm. I hate people competing for a plastic trophy. You gotcha. know what I love? Car meets, when everybody comes together for the love of the game. You know, if you win a trophy and you put cotton balls on your balls, I'm sorry, car show guys. Cotton but, you know, balls. You know, like, remember that? <laughs> yeah. you, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, that old school, like, checkerboard mirror oh, thing shit. and yeah. jacking the car up and cleaning it and armor rolling the tire tread. You know? <laughs> I'm like, yo, dude, I'm like, I, for me, I'm like, just roll up on a Saturday morning. Yeah. or roll up on a Saturday night and then just everybody get together for the love of it. That's what I love about like Honda meet or something. You know, I, you know if they do award, award prizes and everything, that's cool too, but at the same time, I like meets for the sake of meets. And I like, that's where you're gonna see like some culture pop off. And back in the day, I always wanted to do intersection of art and cars mm-hmm. and display cars in a way that is like, I only want 50 cars in this entire venue and I want each car to be up on a box or something. And you see like, lift the Colt and the Porsche world is doing something like that. Stan Chen and his boys at OG Moto are doing stuff like that. You know, it's like, then you're seeing that really cool car collective. I don't want to go to like a convention center and go to a big concrete floor and have like 500 cars. Mm. Like, all, and then some cars might not be good. And the good cars are like smashed in between some other cars and everything. You need to give like car space to breathe and everything, you know? And yeah. it's the same thing with a meat too. You could stumble upon a treasure and a meat that is like, you know, like old school, like Japanese motor union type stuff that they're doing now, they're bringing back now, you know, so, but it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to look to the future and see, cause you could go on a completely wrong path, you know? Yeah. You could be saying, this is where it's going to be. And then the whole world will just end up going over there too. You know?
0: Yeah. How, how do you feel that competition falls into uh, the automotive community?
1: and when you say competition how would you like as
0: far as you know making a, a a car or building a car for you know car shows or car competition or anything do you feel like that that style of building is is dead nowadays no i
1: would say not you know and i mean look at our friend ryan bassery Rywire. they're still building cars that crush from a level of quality build Mike's Prelude, like his latest, it's not even the latest now, but you know, back in the day, a couple years ago when he popped off with that one, that yeah. looked really good, right? Yeah. So like things like that, I think there's still a place for that. It's far and few between, mm-hmm. you know, like I've been to the, back in the day, the Eibach meet, which is the Honda meet now yeah. and everything. And you go there. The first time I went there, I was so excited to go there because you heard about it and you've seen pictures and everything. You went there and people are calling out all these really crazy builds and and no offense to everybody who's building cars, but you would see the cars, there would be 10 standouts. And then the rest of the field would be, you know, daily yeah. drivers and normal cars and everything. And you're like, oh, I thought every car was a banger that was going to come here. And you had realized that this is, the, this is the, the way the Honda world is evolving now. Mm-hmm. It's become more of like the everyman in addition to the hyper, super finished show cars. And I think there's something to that. But I also like the fact that People are driving these crazy cars now and taking them to meets and ta- bringing them out and not just trailering them in mm. and showing for the sake of showing, but on the on the car show front, I I also served as a judge for uh, Mothers for a Shine Award, which is like million dollar. When I say million dollar, I mean million dollar hot rod builds. And this is at SEMA. That's at SEMA, okay. and they, we judged every car at SEMA and. There's two other main shows. There's another one called Autorama in Detroit. And they have, they have the Riddler Award. And they give away what's called the Grade 8. They pick the Grade 8 and then they show these cars. These cars are done to such a level that if you touch brake pedal, foot to brake pedal, and you clamp the, the brakes, you scour the rotor, you're done. That car will lose the, lose the event. You turn the motor and fire it and even the exhaust turns one time, you're done. That's the level that these cars are built. They wow. can't even drive these cars. But they do have to drive. They do have to start them up and drive onto a stage, and that's the only time they will do that. Gotcha. So to that level, because they have to prove that they actually work as a car, that's the cars that, that are that are built. There's another one here in um, Southern California called the Grand National Roadster Show, and they have America's Most Beautiful Roadster, the Amber Award. And That's another one. The, the degree of what you're building is so beyond what you and I know from our world. And when I judge those cars, they're to another level. And they brought me on to be a judge to help define, they go, wow, what are these things that people put on these cars that it goes past the fenders and hmm. it's like a Rocket Man thing or something. <laughs> it's like Super Bunny or something. I'm like <laughs> I'm like, oh, like a Rocket Bunny type of kid. They're like, that's it just pick a rocket magic car and, and bring it over here. And they were so dismissive of my cars. And I'm gonna I'm gonna prove to you guys. Mm. I'm gonna prove to you guys. So they taught me how to judge, and I mean panel gaps and paint quality and flashlights on the undercarriage and just the way you wire everything and the way you clock each bolt It's mm. nuts, you know? You must know like all of that about yeah. like aligning all of the fender bolts and everything, which blows my mind. So that level of detail, they're looking for, and I'm like, I got some cars, I got some cars, and, and that year, um, Ryan showed his um, The Integra. His Integra, and the, and the Porsche, in the um, Robbie's booth. In Robbie's booth, yeah, exactly, booth. and I'm like, dude, game, you know, mind blown, you know? And they got to that car, and they tore it up. They tore it up, really? because they're like, they're like, it's not to the level. And I had to explain to Ryan, same thing with Big Mike, we, we went through his prelude, and it scored so poorly i'm like looking at these cars i'm like come on man these things are on kind of these are the pinnacle builds in my space and they go yeah it's it's not it just doesn't get us there you know you you then they pointed out everything that's wrong with it if you look at like our car's like a sport compact car like the way a plastic piece meets a metal piece it's impossible to get that panel gap right no matter how perfect you try to make it mm. it won't line up when you're when you're talking about shaving a metal bumper against a metal you're doing Artisanal craftsmanship, right there, that is going to line up. You know, it's a fingernails width all the way across. You know, and to me, I'm like, okay, I get it. You know? Yeah. So that's a not the actual answer to your question, but I think there still is much, very much, a space for these new builds that keep coming out. And I see, like we talked about, you know, Kenji at Greddy is still doing it, and Sun Kang, and you know, um, Toyo's doing their shutter space and everything, mm-hmm. and and they're still shops and and people and builds and hive autos coming out with stuff and everything and you see these sort of builds that are that are bubbling up to the surface so i think there's still very much space for it very much place for it there's a guy in in uh connecticut his name's colton his Mm -hmm. instagram handle is jdm supreme and he's a guy that's on a mission to like recapture the essence of every old school japanese famous japanese tuner car he's got the signal r34 the Mazda r34 he's got some pan speed cars he's got i just everything it's got the br gtr just nutty 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 crazy cars and there, you know when you talked about joey finding these cars the japanese are weird once it debuts at auto salon if a customer doesn't buy it it goes out in the field in the back of the really shop, and it just parks and it sits there. You'll go there after Tokyo Auto Salon the way we used to do it. We'd go to Tokyo Auto Salon, and then you go visit all the tuner shops and yeah. film them. And you'd see all these cars sitting in the back of the shop, sometimes with other parts piled on top of them. These were center wow. stand at Tokyo Auto Salon, cover of Super Street, cover of Option Magazine. And they're just tossed aside after that because they said, we we did that before. We have to focus on what the next thing is because next year at Auto Salon, we have to bring something in order for the customers to want They don't want to see the same car over and over
2: again, Mm. and I'm
1: like, wow, okay. So when those cars would get old and you know dilapidated, Colton somehow has a connection, and he's like, I'd like to buy this car, and they're like, yeah, it doesn't even. We haven't fired it in eight years, and he goes, no problem. So he sends it. He looks at all these pictures. He figures out how to. He does the same graphics and everything, you know. Mana P does these crazy JDM foil graphics. So he contracts with the dude from Japan to mimic the exact same graphic scheme. He matches the paint, the color scheme and everything. It's nuts. Redline Restorations is his father's company, and he's completely restoring all those cars. So that's neat to see too.
0: Yeah, Uh, super cool, dude. Yeah, one thing when I would go out to an auto salon is what I thought the cars would look like there wasn't really what they looked like there. I think that here in in the States that our idea of a JDM Japanese car is kind of our own idea that we've we've made up but uh not many of the cars really look like that
1: isn't that nuts um you also think about when you talk about our version of jdm and i just joey just you know not to bring joey into the, the picture again but shout joey just joey. wrote something <laughs> yes definitely shout out to joey, man. joey and i love his the book the chronicles
0: books yeah that he's dropping
1: yeah. too i mean like he's elevating the sport compact world to coffee table book status to me, I think that's so good, that's yeah. so good, man. If I had the money, I'm sorry, Joe, I can't support. I'm Like, you know, rabbit ears here. <laughs> uh, but um, I would say, like, it was crazy back in the day, like, Japan would have their, their car, you know, it was like bridge seats, Takata harnesses, Nardi wheel, you know, you'd have the checklist, you know. yeah, Volk wheels, AP Alcon brakes, you know, and like, kind of just kind of go through it, you know. And we would do that, but we might not be able to get Brid seats mm-hmm. or Takata harnesses way back in the day. So it might be like Sparko seats, you know, and spark, because we're like, do you know how much those bridge seats are, you know? And it's like, I had to get the Sparcos or I had to get, you know, the, the yeah. knockoffs, you know? And everybody's like, yeah, I guess. So we would do that, but then dudes in Japan are looking at us going, oh, we like that USDM style, mm-hmm. you know? And then they started mimicking our style, which was us just trying to mimic theirs and not being able, right? If you think <laughs> yeah. about that, and wow. it's ping ponging back and forth across the Pacific sure. Rim, and it's like, dude, you're trying to mimic us, mimicking you, you know? And then Joey just just highlighted that, but I, I saw that for years, like yeah. where people would do USDM in Japan, and you'd they'd be tucked away in a corner because I think. There's a little bit of racism in Japan. You know, mm. there's a little bit of the, the... This is our culture. Yeah. We don't want you, like, mimicking some gaijin thing, you know? Mm. So, so there was a little bit of that. So, these guys would get pushed off the side, but I'd show up there, and it'd be a Wings West body kit with modern image, like, tribal graphics going up the side 10 years after anybody was doing that in the States. And there's this little, like, EJ sedan, like, parked on the show floor at Auto Salon. I'm like, are they trolling us? What's happening right now? But they wanted to mimic that style and yeah. they were trying to bring that back to japan it was weird to see the way that follows super you
0: know? weird man even like uh, phase two mikey's uh, integra it's over there now you know yasu has Dude. it but that that car is it when you talk about trendsetters 2008 2009 that car shaved bay, oh my that, God, bay you know yeah, it's yeah. like
1: that changed the game to me and i I don't know shit about fuck, but like to me, I looked at that on Joey's pictures. He goes, "It's a little rough around the edges now," and I'm like, "It looks the same to me. It looks, yeah. still looks so poppin." And Joey, I mean Joey's photography makes everything sing. But yeah. like, I was like, "Wow, it, that's that's the car," you know. It's like so for to see Yasu like bringing continuing with that. That's that's cool.
0: I'm yeah, like, and I th- think he has um, David. Uh, David's uh, green EJ one over there as well. Damn. Yeah dude he's uh he's got some cool stuff but yeah you'll see that like they they just had what is a weekfest Japan yeah <laughs> and we're getting tagged in so many pictures i'm like dude this can be like weekfest LA Cause those right? cars look exactly like SoCal cars. is that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then you see, uh, like here, it's so funny that you, that you said that dude, because like everybody's trying to make their cars, what they think they look like in Japan. Exactly. And you'll see all these like Kanjo builds and stuff like that. And I've went to their, uh, to some of the shops, like some of the shops that have the Kanjo cars. I'm like, if you guys saw these cars in person, I don't think that you would really <laughs> even look twice at them. Cause they are, they're, they're rough around they're, the edges. Definitely rough. But they, uh, they do what they're supposed to do you know and it's it's cool man it's just getting inspiration you know that's one thing about being a creative is you just try to find your inspiration wherever you can get it and like you were saying before about you know different cultures and things like that i love mixing all the other different cultures that i'm into non-automotive and just mixing it together and and kind of making what i feel is cool about it you know
1: i think it's neat too that you know you got back into skateboarding yeah. cuz your kids getting into skateboarding I love it, oh, I love it. fathers you, day man. coming up Hell yeah. father of the year right now shout here, out to man. all the dads shout man. out to all the dads so shout out to all my kids <laughs> i don't know i have out there too so um but uh, i think it's awesome that you know you're way younger than me you're way way younger than me and i'm a, like i'm a i'm a 80s kid and i grew up in the 90s when yeah. Seinfeld popped off that was the <laughs> that was the jam you know and i was like I saw that and I'm like, I don't even know if you realize that that's the famous shot outside of Jerry's apartment. Yeah, They had that one. They had the CRX mm-hmm. and they also had a, they had a Hachi in one of the shots too. Oh, and they really? Had a, they had an old school Celica also that popped up, that showed oh, up. Oh, okay, right. And it sh- they just happened to be whatever yeah, cars yeah, they yeah. had. But for us as car people, you remember those. And I remember that yellow CRX. And I was like, do you even know what that is? You know, and then... <laughs> When you're like, you know, that's that's from Seinfeld. I'm like, of course, I know that's from Seinfeld. But I think that's neat because I think some like young Honda head on the come up might be like, dude, that's dope as fuck. Like a Civic, just street parked, a super clean Civic, you yeah. know And would buy that deck without even knowing. And they're perpetuating the the cultural significance of this stupid TV show sure. from like 20, thirty years ago. You know, for sure. That, no.
0: That's funny, man. Though what I was gonna do when we did the new podcast studio is I was going to. Um, replicate the kitchen the seinfeld oh my kitchen God, and it was gonna be me behind the counter and then the guest in front of the counter but then when i was looking i was like ah oh, that's gonna take a long time and then if i can't do it to the perfection that i want like i wanted to have a real fridge up yeah, there, i'm like yeah, "Oh, yeah, yeah. how am i gonna get a fridge up the stairs no i'm not gonna do
1: that dude Back in the day, because I'm into bikes too, so back in the day, he had this really cool Klein mountain bike. Yes, and then yes, he also yes, had yes. a Cannondale, and then he also had a Specialized. He had all the different bikes hanging that towards the towards the latter part of the season. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But in the early part, when he started to show his car hand, there's a Skip Barber sticker on on the uh, on the fridge. Oh, There's a Skip okay. Barber barber refrigerator magnet, and I actually went to Skip Barber like I don't know, like ten, and I was so stoked to get the magnet. So I can put it <laughs> on my fridge like Jerry's fridge and everything. I also want to say like, shout out to Bookman, the library cop. Because the actor,
3: <laughs> Bookman, remember Bookman, yeah. right?
1: The actor who played Bookman just passed away. So, oh but man. To me, like in a sea of like up hilarious shows, like the Bookman thing yeah. is like the funniest thing. I like what was it? Oh Tropic of Cancer. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or <laughs> Tropic of Capricorn. <laughs> and he's like I returned that thing he goes you were chewing jujifruit fruit. Talking to I and he love goes it. I get it Seinfeld you, with your flashy clothes he's wearing a sweater and he's like what are you even talking about you and your joy boyfriends making the scene he goes oh, it's my man. job to prevent peepees and weewees <laughs> being or maybe you get off on that kind of stuff, Seinfeld. I don't know. And he's like straight faced the whole time, and you could see Jerry's breaking character or anything.
0: <laughs> oh like, man! Shout out to Jerry too, man. That uh, dude. Speaking of like podcasting stuff, that where he do the does the the cars and coffee. comedians and cars oh my getting God, coffee. That's amazing. It's bro. good. As
1: much as I love Jerry Seinfeld, and I love everything about the show. I don't like his stand up. I don't think his stand up is the. For for sure. He's a a terrible stand up and he's a terrible actor. He's like Mm -hmm. the worst actor in the show. But as a creator and as a creative force behind it, oh man, what is it? Chef's Kiss? You know, it's like perfection. Him and Larry David together. And then Larry David proved, because I'm a Kirby enthusiast. Oh my God. So Larry's like, eh, I'm not done yet. Jerry's like, you know what? I'm going to ride off in the sunset and buy million dollar Porsches. And Larry's like, uh, nothing in life makes me happy so I'm going to continue <laughs> killing myself making a TV show. And Larry showed he could do it without Jerry. And yeah. I thought that was really neat too. But on that show, I think you see Jerry, I think he does a great job curating what cars go with which, oh, which gotcha, like celebrities. Gotcha. He's like, I think you're this type of... And even if they don't like cars, as you as a car fan, Jerry talks about the car in the beginning and everything, and he exposes himself as a real car fan, but you could see it's definitely the jerry show but i love when a comedian gets in there that's like jerry's like i'm the star of this show and they're gonna go i don't care i don't care who you are and they're gonna try to make him laugh and when they can make him laugh i love that i love when they when the when a comedian or an actor or an actress gets in there and like could like make jerry smile and everything you know such a good show i'm like so close i'm like few degrees of separation apart from Jerry in terms of people I know in the Porsche community and people that I work with and some of the the brands that I work with. And I'm like, just dying to get my moment to where I could see him and everything. And a couple people that I know that know him, I can't say who, that have said, he's kind of a weird cat in person, you know? Uh, It's like, I would guess, because imagine achieving that level of fame. And like, when you roll up to like a car meet, you just want to be a car guy. There's a guy like Jay Leno that kind of wants to be the center of attention. Jerry's like, Uh, you know I don't like people you know his character was much like he is in real life you know so he's like I don't really like to see people roll up to me and tell me you know like am I close talking or Mm. you know you know it's like they say things from the show he's like I get it you watch the show you know and like he probably doesn't want to hear that or gets tired of hearing that you know so I'm really nervous about like fangirling out if Ah. I have an opportunity to meet him
0: (laughs) I feel you so how did you deal with it with people fangirling out on you dude Man, come on, that's bro! That's crazy. Like, here's my story. Like, I got,
1: I, back in the day, my career started. This is how old I am, 1998, and I, all I wanted to be was a writer. I just wanted to write. And when I first started writing, I, I was racing mountain bikes, and I was basically living in a van and sort of like just making my way. And I had a chance to interview one of my heroes, an editor of a mountain bike magazine, and he said, "Do you take pictures?" And I said, "No." I said, I'm a writer. You're either a writer or a photographer back then. He goes, you need to take pictures. And I'm like, why? And he goes, because if you go to a mountain bike race and there's a photographer taking pictures and you're writing a story, he's telling his story and you're telling yours. Mm. And from that moment, I picked up a camera and I started learning photography. And I took photography classes in university and just went for it, immersed myself in it. And then all through my life, because my era, I came from magazine world. You know, like, print magazines you know i used to be into like as a little kid i got into like monster trucks and then like dent side ford pickup trucks and bigfoot and like that was the that was the shit back Mm. then so i wanted a lifted truck so badly my dad when i was really young my dad had money since lost it all but he had money back then and he bought like a shitty old ford f-250 and him and i like fixed it up we took it to a bunch of shops and had it it was my first introduction into like cars and it mm. was a truck and I said wow and I'm reading the magazines and as I started growing up I read mountain bike magazines and truck magazines and mini truck magazines I had a mini truck shout out to all my mini truck people I'm did right.
0: it did it dance I didn't make a dance
1: because uh. I was a I, I was a wannabe Kanjo racer with this uh. old school 19 uh, uh what was it uh I had a 79 an 80 and 81 and an 82 um Toyota Hilux the original SR5s And I had long beds in the two-wheel drives and short beds in the four-wheel drives. I had two four-wheel drives and two two, uh, two two-wheel drives. And I slammed them, slammed one on Enki ninety twos oh, okay. and I had KYB gas adjust shocks on it, sway away sway bars and everything. I had an eighteen RG engine with dual Makuni side drafts and Doug Thorley headers and like all that stuff. And I wanted to be like a street racer, so oh, that, okay, gotcha. and I, not a drag racer, but like a canyon, like. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I quickly figured out like there was no weight in the back of the truck, so it would always like it was completely not even designed to do that. So I was putting like you know, five-gallon cans in the back filled with water, and I did one with gasoline, which is like the dumbest thing ever, but just because I'm like, well, you need gas. That's what these things are for, so I put like a full gas can in the back of my truck. I put the spare, full-size spare in the back, trying to put more weight in the back, and I was nuts about it. Yeah. But yeah, definitely had many trucks. I had a French antenna, you know smooth the tailgate yeah. and everything you know so i did do some mini truck stuff but i wasn't that like airbag and i was also gotcha. pre like nissan hard body with the dancing spell because oh, okay. that's how old i am but <laughs> but um i when i coming up in all that, i was magazine world so when i graduated university i said i want to work for car magazine or mountain bike magazine and i found something called peterson publishing mr peterson i will still call him mr peterson robert peterson had a, had a company that they started drag racing. They invented drag racing. Hmm. These guys invented drag racing. They invented land speed racing and drag racing. And a lot of uh, vets came back from the war and they had some money and nothing to do. And they started like buying these old cars. It was in the 40s and 50s, but they bought like early 30s Fords. And those old school Fords you saw with like no fenders and no hood. And they started racing them, you know? Mm-hmm. And then eventually they started saying, let's race from here to there and that became the quarter mile that became drag racing and he was there and he helped invent the NHRA and he had a, a little magazine called Hot Rod magazine and they later invented something called Motor Trend magazine to review new cars and those are the two magazines and he built an entire empire on that so by the time I came through like he had magazines for every subject from like he's like hey we went to the we went down to you know Mexico or somewhere And we went scuba diving. He goes, you know, there's a lot of kooky stuff on scuba diving things like, kind of like you do with hot rods. Make a scuba diving magazine. they're like, cool, I like scuba diving. And he'd just start launching new magazines in different spaces. So they owned all these magazines. So I'm like, if I can get into a mountain bike magazine or a car magazine, I'd be super stoked. And you had to like write a letter, type it out, print it on an old school like inkjet printer, put it in an envelope, lick the stamp, send it off. And I had like over 70 rejections. And I finally got accepted at one place in 1998. And I got in there and that got me my first job. And even then I wasn't happy. In in 2000, a friend of mine that was working there, he did IT. He's like, do you want to do a, a blog? And I'm, what's a, what's a, what's a B log? I don't know yeah. what, what a B log is, you know? And he goes, a blog. He goes, we do, we have a blog site about cars. We'd love to hire you and you could be the editor of the, the blog, you know? And I'm like. I don't know anything about the internet, you know? And he's like, you don't need to know everything. We've done it all. We just need someone to take pictures and write the copy. So I went to this little site called overboost.com and we started this site and we had like 20,000 people. When I left, we had 200,000 people and I built this site. And I would go with a little cool pics, 9, 9, 980, I think it was, with the adjustable, the adjustable screen. You turn the screen and everything. And I had a full blown SLR camera that I shot film with for the magazine, Okay. that I got in at the magazine. And that magazine was called Max Speed, which is a partner magazine to Super Street. I really wanted to work at Super Street, but I didn't get in at Super Street. So I stayed at Max Speed, and then it became Tuner, and it kind of did its own thing. And then Super Street was still there. So, but I became friends with all the powers that be there, and I did a good job. And then when I left and did the dot com, I really took that to new heights. And they noticed, and they brought me back as the editor of Super Street. And I was like,
0: What year know? was this?
1: This was in two thousand one. Okay. This is so long ago, and Ricky Chu was there. If anybody knows Ricky Chu, Ricky Chu and his boys at Kyosho Racing were the first ones to do an sr twenty swap into a a two forty SX. So they were the they were the the pioneers of SR swaps. No one knew the wiring harness. You didn't know the like is the firing order even this like mm. You didn't even mm-hmm. know you know it's like the old KA twenty four truck engines. They're like that's garbage. We want this Japanese engine, which it's. Becoming proven now that the K is actually a more stout platform than the SR, but all the par- all the cool parts were from the SR back in the day. So they did an SR swap back in the day. You know, uh, William Law, shout out to William Law and Andy U and all the crew from Kyosho. They did this stuff, and Ricky was one of the editors. And Johnny Wong, who the mm. JDM JDM yeah. Johnny Wong, they call you know he was and I'm like. Yo, I can't be these guys' boss. These guys know more about this. Johnny had this sick ass black EF on super fins and everything. Yeah. And I roll into the parking lot. I had a Mark III Super at the time. And I roll into the parking lot and I'm like, what? what am I doing here at the Honda magazine and everything? And I became immersed in Hondas. And I just, I was lucky enough to like help drive that. But I also rode the wave that was the fast and the furious, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. And it took the magazine to new heights. And then that, that took me on, you know, everything. But for me, I still feel like I have what's called. My girlfriend says it too. She has the same thing. But we we have what we call imposter syndrome, <laughs> where I don't feel yeah. like I. I look at you, Frank, and you build cars, you make products, you set the trends. Look look at your look at, look at this. Look at how I'm dressed. Look at how Frank is dressed here. These are these right are there. old navy, sure. dog.
0: These are these are old navy. So that's that's so funny you say that, dude. Because like. I, I feel, never feel like
1: I'm a celebrity.: I feel, you
0: know? the, I feel the same way, not about the celebrity, but about like the imposter syndrome.: kind I don't of thing You don't too. feel like you belong. You know no. I mean?
1: So I'm constantly uncomfortable mm, about damn, it. that's. Crazy. But I will also say that I'm to, a, to this day, uh, constantly like um, honored and humbled. And, yeah. and driven by people who write in and say, "You're the best man. I, I love you." You know, and I'm like, "Thank you. That means a lot." You know, and I'll take time to respond to every single DM. I, I ended up going to Hoonigan, yeah. and I started at Hoonigan. I didn't want to be in front of the camera. I didn't want to be an influencer or anything like that. I, I like I like being Jerry Seinfeld, mm. or more uh, Larry David mm-hmm. during Seinfeld. You know, if you're a super fan of Seinfeld, going back to Seinfeld, you could hear Larry David does some of the voices. He will. You'll hear him. You know. Yeah. Uh, like when George um, has to take the the golf ball out of the whale <laughs> yeah. hear the guy go is there a marine biologist that's Larry, I know for a fact that's Larry David's voice right there so but he never was really in the show yeah. you know I think he did like a couple little two bit cameos but other than that he was always behind the scenes like and I thrive on that I love that at Super mm. Street like being the guy who goes, you have a great car, you're a great photographer, take this. You write the story, you put it together. And I'd figure out what how to plug all these pieces together. At Hoonigan, I was hired to do the same thing. And they said, we need cars for a show we do every day. It's like an unboxing show. And I did two stints at Hoonigan. I did one stint where I helped bring Jim Conagrid, Ken's Jim Conagrid thing to, to the United States and I did a whole thing at the X Games. And then I came back to just be kind of more of a behind the scenes thing because I worked in advertising for a few years too. And I worked on the Toyota account. Shout out to my friends at Toyota because I love those cars as much as Hondas, and um, the old ones. And um, the uh, um, they said we don't we can't find cars, and I'm like, what do you mean you can't find cars? They're like our daily unboxing video, they call it. It's like daily transmission. What do you need? And they're like we need any. We don't care, you know. And I'm like, oh, my friends, you know, I was talking to Dave Shu from Skunk Two, mm. and I go, he's got a car. You know, and they go, "What does he got?" I'm like, "It's like a methanol-powered all-motor, you know, you know, it was project, you know, beta record breaker, you know." What
0: was the name of that car?
1: Uh that the project beta. The oh, beta- that's right, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Shout yeah, out, yeah. out to Dave, man. Yeah, we right? need Dave in here. I know, exactly. Like that guy's got stories for days. Oh, yeah. Know? Dave and I are fighting right now, so I hope we make up. <laughs> <He's So. laughs> I think he was yelling at me too. he's always yelling <laughs> at so Shout out to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's just such an old angry Asian guy, you know. I'm like, and I'm older than him too, you know. So, but so Dave said, I said, bring your car. And he goes, man, that thing hasn't fired. Fr-. I go, just like, you know, come on, man. He goes, we're we're supposed to go testing and I want to run it again and everything. And, you know, you talk about game changer, but back then for all motor cars. And then now he had a case swap in it and yeah. everything. he was running on methanol, still all motor. And he's all, yeah, I'll bring it out and Charles will come. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, Dr. Charles. And I'm like, hell yeah. You know, shout out to Wicked yeah, SVG, you know, sure. it's like um, SGV. And I'm like, yo, uh. Yeah, you and Charles come out. I'll get you some drinks and Dave and I've had way too many drinking stories. Yeah. So I'm like, "Come on out." So I'm like, "There you guys go. I got you a fucking car, you know?" And they were like, "We don't know what this is." Nats. Mm. You know, and I'm like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "It's a Honda drag car. This is it." And Brian Scotto, the 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 boss had to pull me aside and go to these guys. Honda drag racing is like the old school hot rods to us you know like a muscle mm. car or something I'm like what's wrong with you people it was before the Honda market had kind of like con full, full circle and I'm like he goes they're into shitty drift cars like Hurt and those guys were, yeah. were like clapped out like FCs and S chassis with zip tie bumpers yeah. like the missile the missile crisis days and everything and I'm like I get it but how do you not know what this is you know and they're like none of the hosts can talk about it and I'm like they, they interview Dave and Dave's like I don't want to be on the show and Charles just standing there, and I'm like, "I'll go on the show, but I, if I go on the show, I have to bring a. I'm going to drink a beer because I really don't want to be on a YouTube show." Gotcha. You. So I get on the show, and people skewered me. They hated me. I got the YouTube comments like, "ruined me." Who is this old man? Who does he think he is? And everything. And I was super excited to be with Dr. Charles Madrid and everything. We're friends, but at yeah. the same time, I'm like, "This is my heroes of my day." Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm like, "Yo, man, these guys are." you speak about them in hushed tones because when you talk about game changers and revolutionaries like Steph and Miles and all those guys, like those are the guys who did it, you know? And for me to be able to expose that to a new YouTube audience was very exciting for me. But I got ruined. I got raked across the coals in the comments. But eventually, like, they kept bringing me back onto the show and I'm like, I really don't want to be on the show, but I'd be on the show and I had, like, gained a fan base, you Mm -hmm. know? But again, it felt really weird when people... Come up to you and try to take a picture with you or have you sign an autograph, like me. I don't feel like I'm worthy of that, you know. And these are guys. I'm like, what are you driving? You know? And they're like, they're like, oh man, I got an EF that I K swapped and I, you know, did this and that. And I'm saving. I'm like, whoa. And they're like, what about you? And I'm like, I drive a shitty FG Civic with a broken headlight. You know, like I don't know. You know, I'm like, I'm not that guy. You're that Mm. guy. You're the guy that I should be getting an autograph for. So for me, I've always found like the people who do it. Um, they're more worthy of praise. For me, I'm like, I don't fabricate. I don't own a business. I don't make parts. I've never built like a cover worthy car. You know, I don't drive. I'm just a fanboy, You know, I'm a guy that just loves this world and loves talking about it, writing about it, documenting it, Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is. If I could share my love for this world, I'm super enthusiastic about being able to like Hang with guys like you and Ryan Bassery and everything, you know. Yeah. And like, to me, you guys are the real OGs and the real legends, you know. So, the fame that I've had and I've been fortunate enough to have, and people who still to this day, I'm not even on, I'm not on any shows or anything anymore. I'm like, I'm still honored when someone goes, "Dude, we miss you and we want to see you back." And I'm like, I'd love to, but you know, I gotta, I gotta, I got two kids and mm-hmm. I got a mom to take care of and I'm got to pay those bills, you know. So, yeah. I do the work that pays the bills and. Happy with that, but I, I am honored and grateful every time someone you know, I just went to um I hosted uh, Fuel Fest. Okay, yeah at, yeah, yeah. at Irwindale and I Hosford and I, shout out to Cory Hosford. We we hosted together and um uh it was neat, you know, it was neat to go there and a couple of people said, Oh my god, Naz And they took a picture with me and I you know, I don't I don't crave it, I don't want it, but I don't I'm never gonna say no to someone for sure because that would be shitty, you know. Um when I was first like getting back into this Hoonigan thing where like YouTube influencers and Instagram and social were like really taking off, 54 years old, like world's oldest fucking YouTube and Instagram influencer. Year. Yeah. But I still would cherish the the moments that I get to spend with fans and everything. But I found it odd. And Scotto, again, and I had these conversations. Ken Block, who's the, the founder, co founder of Hoonigan with Scotto, he would walk through an airport and you'd see people that would go, that would recognize him and go, oh my God, that's the guy from Gymkhana. And they'd whisper about him. And they go, that's him right there. That was Ken Block, the guy who started DC Shoes. But
0: before, before you go further, I don't want to forget this dude. Auto Salon one year, 2018 possibly, 2019. Okay, so we're walking, there is a line Dude, almost the full length of At the
1: Toyo Tires booth.
0: No, I don't know where it was, but it it was almost the whole length of the of the hall, and the line wasn't wasn't in or wasn't a single file line. There's maybe like four people deep that long, and we're walking. I'm like, dude, what are they waiting for? It was Ken Block, dude. In like, Japan, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen, cause it was literally like a Magic Mountain line.
1: Yep. It's nuts. This guy started driving in wrc when he was like 35 years old 40 years old and he's running against like five time wrc world rally fia champions sebastian Loeb, and like you know these huge names and his autograph line was longer than all of them you know and it's nuts to see that so yeah he 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 changed it but people will come up to him be like oh my god it's ken they'll like kind of wave and they'll 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 keep their, mm. stand their ground. Mm-hmm. But when they recognize like a Hurt or a Scotto or someone, they'll run up to them and they'll wrap their arms around them and they'll go, Scotto! And they'll grab their phone and they'll take a selfie because that form of influence, I guess you'd call it, is more like you feel like when you shoot a vlog like this and you're holding your the camera like this, it feels like you're Facetiming with a friend, mm. where Ken is more cinematic, yeah. and he feels like a movie star. gotcha I, I, I don't want to touch that. And anything. So to me, I would love it like when people would like roll up on me and go, "I got a beer for I like I could have been roofied so many times and so many, <laughs> and I'm like, I'll have a beer with you, brother. Or they were like, Let me buy you a beer. I'm like, Let me buy you a beer. And I just meet some random person and go by and my girlfriend go what are you doing you know and i'm like i don't know this guy like wanted to go he goes can i take you to go see my car i'm like let's go see your car Mm -hmm. we go walk around through the show and everything and i think that's that's neat i think you should you should engage with that next generation because you never know who the next ken block is going to be and everything you know
0: yeah let's Um, let's dig into that a little bit dude because like how things are nowadays it seems like everything is just about clout and who has the most followers and just who's the man you know and i've met most of these people in the industry that you would want to call them like the the big influencers and it's just like i don't vibe with them on a personal level you know but then when i talk to you like dude i remember one year that you were doing the mcguire or um the mother's the award what was it called again Shine Award, Shine Award, yeah. and I'm there, and I think it was the year that maybe Big Mike was up for I think something. So. I, I, I think I was like you and Ryan and yeah. Mike were all. I'm like, oh my and god, and you just all... like on the mic, you just said something, you know, like dude, that's why, that's why I fuck with Nads because he's like a real person, you know, and I, I feel like that's something that needs to be highlighted a lot more than somebody who has a lot of followers, you know.
1: Yeah. um, Oh, man. This is where my- It's a hard subject to get into. Yeah, I hate to
0: be my old man
1: rant and stay off my lawn and all that. But yeah, it's it's a different world now where everybody wants to be famous. Yeah, Excuse me. And I'm like, why do you want to be famous? What do you, you know, do something that's worthy. For sure. And then if fame comes with that, fame comes with that, you know? It's like, it's the same thing with like, you just went on a crazy fitness journey. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm trying, but it's my old fat ass. Can't <laughs> as long as you're trying, that. bro. But I try. And I notice I'm losing weight, looking better. My girlfriend likes that, and I like that. But to me, that's not what you should want to get in shape for. Yeah. I want to be able to like skate with my kids and ride bikes and not get winded and ride on fucking crazy roller coasters and everything. Because my eldest is like nuts about we're going to magic mountain i'm like yo I'm hell like, yeah i'm gonna pass out on some of these things i'm like can we just go on like can we go back on ninja <laughs> yeah back, back in the day it was like Colossus, the old wooden coaster that was the shit. i'm like dude like triple corkscrew like when they strap you in like a race car or something i'm like yo if i'm dangling from a harness i'm like this is not gonna end well you know so i'm like but i want to be like and i you know my for my riding bikes and skateboarding and surfing and everything i like to be i like to be in good shape looking good is not the shouldn't be my end result it should be about feeling good and that journey the looking good is a great byproduct of it but the feeling good is what what you should get from it you know it's like and it's the same thing from doing something of note do something that you're proud of and if the fame comes the fame comes but people who chase that clout and those star fuckers and those ones who you know try to get you know tag me on this and i want to be on that and everything and like Gamify their their reach. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and you know, like, can you really make money as an Instagram influencer? You know, when they change the algorithms every couple of years, or it moves from Friendster to MySpace to Facebook to Instagram to TikTok to YouTube and back to YouTube again. All of that, people get so mad. They take such ownership on it. Mm. You know, like I remember um, there was a there was some Russian influencer with the the war that's going on right now in the Ukraine, and you know, everybody's shutting down, like, you know, Russian-based anything yeah. these days. And one influencer said, it's not fair. You know, I lost all my revenue, and I'm like, you don't own any of that revenue. None yeah. of that is yours, you know? It's like, you're 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 helping prop up a company that's owned by Mark Zuckerberg. You know, so at the end of the day, all that, like, reach that you're trying to chase and everything, and like, I know people who stream on Twitch and do TikTok, and they're all about, like, minutes and hours. And mm-hmm. if you really look between it, my girlfriend, she's younger, so she's obsessed with TikTok. And she goes, watch this video. And it's like, oh my God, we're gonna prank somebody and we're setting this up and he's gonna hide in the bushes. Okay, let's get the bushes set up. Four minutes later, they're still setting up the prank. Yeah. And the the payoff, the gag happens in the last six seconds of a four minute and six second video. Wait for it, Yeah. wait for it, wait for it. The reason they do that is because they get paid by the minute. And they get paid by streaming minutes. So if they could stretch a six-second gag out by four minutes, they get paid that much more. And if they get you on the hook watching, usually they do it with like, if it's a car-based gag, they'll show the car first. Or if it's something, usually like a lot of like, there's a girl in a bikini or something. Yeah. Which unfortunately, like I'm like, oh, I'll click on the girl with the bikini. <laughs> but um, like when they do that, it it makes it so that you want to watch to yeah. the end. And when you watch that. You're playing into what they're doing. They're just, you know, I'm like, why are you, why are you baiting people? You know, it's the same thing with like tags and the whole the, the wait for thing. And like, you won't believe what happens mm, next. You yeah. know, it's like the result will shock you. You yeah. know, it's like all those like clickbaity five things you didn't know about Jerry Seinfeld's Porsche <laughs> collection. You know, it's like, all the, you know, I mean, people are such tryhards these days. It bums me out to see that. I like to see when like real people gain this sort of acceptance you look at like um okay i i probably shouldn't say this but i've been drinking let's do it i'm gonna say it so like you look at like fast and loud which is an old school tv show i can't believe i'm saying old school now but it was a tv show about a a a shitty fucking shop called gas monkey garage Mm -hmm. and a guy named aaron kaufman that was a great fabricator and a guy named richard rawlings that's like a shitty fucking dude that fucking (laughs) scams people and they became brent michaels he's
0: brent michaels cousin Is she really? They have the same outfits and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. So... (laughs) brett michael's also like the only guy is like you're going bald bro there's nothing wrong with it just let somebody take, take the, the bandana. Like band if off. i ever got on like a shot of love or whatever it was called you know it's like that was the tequila one but like <laughs> tequila once gave me a lap dance in houston which what is the with, it, that i didn't even ask for she used to be called tila nguyen she was an import model and she found <laughs> out i was the editor of super street thinking but i think she thought i was the editor of import tuner uh, which Oh, the uh the the <laughs> and i'm like we don't we put like a little girl we do a girl but i'm like who? What is happening to me? This girl just sat on my lap. And oh like, my god! So, um, <laughs> but the Brett Michael, like, if I ever got on that show as like a bachelor, I would snatch that thing off his head Real like quick. so fast and just go, don't care if I'm on the show. But dude, bro, we all know you're bald. Oh, but so Richard, Richard Rawlings yeah. would do this show, and like you could tell, like he had it orchestrated. Smart guy, you know, mm-hmm. and like knew how to play the audience. Built up his brand, built it up with Discovery. Did a good job with it. But Aaron Kaufman is just there, I just want to build like sick hot rods with my friends. And he was a good fabricator and a good builder. And he had since left and he got his own discovery shows and he got his own things. And he does good work and he doesn't try to be an influencer but because he does good work. Another guy, um, and I keep talking about him because he's so at the forefront right now, is Kenji from Greddy. Hell yeah, you I know love Kenji. Kenji is like a super OG old school guy and yet, he just wants to build his cars and have fun. He's having fun with his kid. They did the CRX with yeah. his kid and everything. I love that. And he's just, but he's become an influencer just because he does good stuff. He doesn't try too hard. Larry Chen, another one, photographer, does amazing work, you know. And he's a hustler. He works hard. People who just want to be famous for being famous, the one thing I really I really hate, and I feel bad because it's, it, it's more from misunderstanding. I hate using that word hate, too. Mm-hmm. It's more of a misunderstanding, but people will say, dude, Frank, you're so lucky. You're so lucky, man. I wish I had your life. Fuck you, bro, I know how much hustle you had to do to start your business and to make that work and how much you would leverage finances and try, like every small business has that story, but people look at you now and they don't. They they say overnight success. There's no such thing as an overnight success. Nobody nobody knows about the years of toil and turmoil yeah. and strain it puts on your personal relationships, your financial hardship, and the grind that you have to do to get where you are. And they look at it as like, dude, you're so lucky. All they see is that you're so lucky moment.
0: Yeah. You know. I like to always say that uh, what's an overnight success? Dude, it only took 12 years. Here's you know? to that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. That to me. So. I think people who just now this this whole like craving of fame is um, it, it bothers me. You know, it it, it it doesn't sit well with me. I like people who do stuff that I like, stuff that you know, like Larry David doesn't care about fame. Yeah. You know, Kenji Sumino doesn't care about fame. You know, Larry Chen. You know, he does. He just does his thing. They, they're they're passionate about what they do, and that shines through. You know, there are some guys I don't want to say because they're they're they've been guests on the podcast and they they're out there and they're they're doing their thing and I'm all about that. But when they're not real, you know, it yeah. just bums me out. You know, and there's some people that will just like <clears throat> soar to like tremendous heights. And then there's a whole case of this is super old school saying, "The emperor has no clothes," and that's a, that's a saying that means like you're looking at someone and everybody's like that car is so sick and I'm like that's the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. I'm like, I don't know why people like elevate these these builds to godlike status, you know, and it's like don't don't do that. Don't reward that, you know? It's like mm-hmm. call a spade a spade. If a car isn't that good, the the build isn't that good, you know? And like the whole thing about like, you know, not to not to dump on like fast enough, but all those discovery shows. We gotta finish this car, we're building it for a client, it's gotta be done by the oh, we're fighting and oh, this didn't come back from this shop and oh we have to rush it. Man, you're watching them just like hack into that thing with angle grinders and they're just they're just they're cutting that thing to shit, you know? Yeah. And it's like the paint is low quality, the the build is low quality. It barely fires and they just get it off and you look at it and you're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm seeing this car." But it isn't a great build at the end of the day, you know? It's mm. not like it's, you know, but because it's on TV or because it's on the internet or because it lives here, it's become that or because this influencer has done xyz it's become this you know yeah and that kind of bums me out you know you have people that have built like really 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 good cars you know like one of them you look at like uh, leon casino i don't know if you know leon leon's an old school guy that's got a couple of right hand drives crx yeah he's i know he's got leon. a black he's yeah. got a black He was always at head. the eibach
0: meet exactly uh, exactly directing leon, leon's traffic. A, yeah leon's yeah, an og leon. right yeah, yeah sure
1: but his cars are better than most mm-hmm. you know but yet he doesn't get that shine you know he doesn't get that he doesn't get that recognition yeah. that someone that would build like a lesser known car, a lesser quality car lesser quality vehicle but because they're in the spotlight they could do no wrong
0: you know how, like, how do you change you know, that nowadays
1: well I think it's getting better now with like I said with the democratization of media like anybody with a great build mm. can, can can show up but the other problem is people are like what's next yeah that was great I like that but what's next you know And I'm, and, and these poor people are like Oh my god, I got to build something new now. I got to yeah. come out with something new. I got to I got to flip the script and change the game and do something, you know. And I'm like that's you're always chasing that clout, you know. I think if you do good work and you 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 build good things, you know, good things will happen to you like one person who is like my ultimate like fanboy crush, you know, my man crush is Steph Papadakis. Is Oh like, yeah. Fuck. And shout out to Steph. Shout out so, to Steph, man. You know, um, Steph did it like him and Sean Carlson built that car, you know and they built what started sort of as an EG and became an EK when they're like oh Honda's got a new hatchback well we're going to put this and make it look like the new hatchback yeah. and everything and they go Sean's like he knew magazines he goes paint it yellow because that's what well, the magazines mm. were, told you yellow yeah, hatch for sure. so yellow hatch and he sa- I was there I was there about all the imports when Steph set the number you know when Steph ran the nine you know
0: That was with um Ron, right? Ron, Bergenholz? Ron Bergenholtz, Ed, and Ron Bergenholtz were also
1: there, and they were running their their CRX their and competing against him. But they had a unibody car, and Steph like did the first tube chassis Civic. He mm. did the very first tube chassis, and right when Steph was at the top of his game, he retired that car. Yeah, been there, done that. And yeah. Then he did a rear wheel drive Civic with a V six Accord motor, and went two hundred miles an hour in that thing. And then he saw drag racing was waning, and then he's like, Oh, I want to, I want to do drifting. And he built an S2000 and he drove it and he recognized I can't drive these cars anymore. And he took Tanner Faust to a championship. Then he took Frederick Osbo to a championship. And now he's still doing it. And he's still doing it. He's got Sean Hillier and Aldo working. for. Sean Hillier is like an old school Honda drag racing legend in his own right. Mm. And he's just content to work with Steph. And then Steph wanted to do YouTube videos and learn how to do YouTube videos. He wanted to learn how to do photography. Went to Larry Chen's photography class. I was in Leah Pruitt's pit and um, she was, we were hanging out and my kids were like fans of hers. So we were in there and she's talking to my kids and showing them around. And I look at the NHRA at Pomona and Steph is on the other side of the rope like kind of taking notes and watching and I'm like, what's what's happening here? And I'm like, Steph, what are you doing here? And he goes, oh, hey man. He goes, I'm just here as a fan. I just, I wanna learn about like, I'm like, top fuel drag racing, you're in drifting now. And he goes, I just love the way that, I've always been obsessed. And I'm like, do you want to come in? And he goes, yeah. So I introduced him to her clutch guy, which clutch guy is an NHRA top fuel or king. And introduced him to Leah and she connected him with the clutch guy and Steph did a whole story just because he wanted to learn about it. Like seeing the way his mind worked. Back in the day, Javier Gutierrez to JG Engine Mm -hmm. Dynamics was the guy who built all the winning Honda Motors. Steph didn't know how to build motors so he took a job working for Javi, sweeping floors, just so he could have a chance to see how he, you know, it's like, that sort of hustle and that sort of determination, that sort of grind. And now Steph does videos that get a million views. He's like, I did a thousand horsepower B58 super motor before anybody else. Yes, please. I want to watch that.
0: Dude, watching you know? the, him build that and just seeing how he had to build, oh, we don't have an engine stand that works for this motor. So, so we're we going to
1: build our own. What the and he's hell, such a, dude? I love you, Steph, but he's such a nerd on camera. He's <laughs> like, hi, I'm Steph Papadakis and we're building a thousand horsepower. <laughs> he's not doing, yo, what's up? And screaming into the camera yeah. and being like overt about it. He's just like, I want to share my experience with you guys. And, like he learned how to do all that. Just like watching you like you wanted a podcast and you learned. I love those analytical minds. So all the way back around to like fame and everything. I think if you want to be famous, do something that's worthy, that's noteworthy. You know, work on, work on your craft first and foremost. Yeah. Being famous for the sake of being famous only works for the Kardashians. You know, it's like they don't do fucking shit. You yeah. know, seriously. But everybody wants to be there. You know, it's so hard to get there from there. Make a sex tape with Rage. Ah, I don't know, you know, but it's like, you know, it's like that sort of vibe. I mean, is like, you need to just, you need to be able to contribute to this world. Like, I'm fortunate enough because I want to be a writer and photographer, journalist, communicate, describe my love for this game. That's what got me in. But I'm nothing but a fanboy, you know? So, someone else, like, if you build something, if you're making, even if it's down to like titanium engine fasteners, Like that's, you know, you master that game. Like Frank took me for a tour right before this and it was just so neat watching you. You've been doing this for years and watching his passion like doing Titanium Anno to this day now, it like that sent chills up my spine. I would, I'm glad. Dude, bro. so
0: much respect for that, man. Thanks, so, brother. I yeah. appreciate it, man. And like, you know, going back to the whole imposter syndrome thing, like having that break from, from COVID and then going back, it's like it was such a weird time because I really felt like I, I, I was losing my culture because I was kind of seeing, you know, a lot of the things that you're mentioning about, you know, okay, this this person or so, they could build nothing. Or they could build anything with no problem. They're gonna have eyes on them all the time. And then I'm over here trying to create something and not trying to create it for revenue or for fame or anything, but showing my artwork to everybody. This 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 conversation I look at this as artwork. I don't look at this as okay, we're gonna put a commercial. Like we have sponsors and we've taken a break from the podcast and I'll mention the sponsors at the end, but I don't even want to put commercials in because it's gonna ruin the conversation, and it and it makes it so hard sometimes as a creative, to to try to figure out, dude, how what do what am I doing wrong? What do I do next? When is somebody gonna appreciate this? Dude, I was at the the Honda meet, meeting so many people. Oh, cool, cool, nice night. One person came up to me and had a mask on. I didn't even know who it was. He's like, "Hey, man, I just want to tell you, I really enjoy the podcast." Him saying that meant more than anything else. And it's like, how do you how do you get to that point where you have eyes on your your craft without doing some of like that corny shit? You know that that is the problem
1: today because you know um, YouTube right now. I hate to say it; it's a bit of a cesspool. Mm-hmm. It's become um, a, a place where you're in a room full of people shouting, and you're trying to shout over them. There is so much content. I think it is something like, in one day, the equivalent of um, of of six sixty sixty months of content gets loaded up. Oh my in god! In one day, you know, wow. and it could be even bigger than that. It might yeah, be sixty sure. years. I'm sorry, fact check me on them if, if I'm wrong, but. The number is baffling about the amount of minutes that get loaded up to YouTube. Back in the day, Ken Block, Jim Connor Five, they shut down San Francisco and drove around. You know, three hundred million views. You know, God it's damn. tough to get to that number anymore. Yeah, you know, I think Travis's Jim uh, Jim uh, Eleven just did a hundred million views, but you're never going to get back up to that level again because. The days of the viral video and the days of standing out are gone. Mm. You're going to have to just grind and yeah. just grind it out and slowly. I also think that there's something to be said for the micro influencer. I think someone who's trying to be all things to all people and famous for the sake of being famous is kind of bullshit. But if you're like, you know, I'm going to shout out to Brian Gillespie from Sport. Like, yeah, hell yeah. You know, Brian Gillespie, like, he's obsessed to the point, you know, about Hondas. And every little weird little thing. He used to be the, the engine mount guy. He's gone so much beyond that, you know? He's that micro influencer that you're like, if you want to know anything about Honda's, you see, and you know there's also um there's also Honda Pro Jason, mm-hmm. you know, Jason Richmond. And yeah. Like, shout out to Jason. Yeah, He's my shout boy. out to Yeah, for sure. Like I love Jason's energy and his passion. Like those those weird little niches that just serve those little communities, I think those do well. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you wanna to get to the point of like, yeah, you're like influencer status where, you know, it's like it bought you a big house and you could do wide body McLaren's and get everything else. Yeah, that's tough to do these days. It's yeah. tough to pop off like that. And it's tough to like produce good content that you're proud of. Because I think at the end of the day you should be proud of what you make. If you can't be proud of it and you're just churning out numbers to make YouTube happy or TikTok or Twitch or just make numbers, that's not good either because you want to reward the people who are invested in in watching you, you know that that are going to look at what you do. Yeah, you know, and what you talk about art. It is everything you do matters. You know, it's like I hate when people say, "Well, no one's going to see this." Mm. So, you know, like Ryan, you know, your episode at Hoonigan. When yeah. Came in, you know, Ryan brought his the Civic, you know, yeah. and um, the EAT, and that that car, it didn't have a full shaved bay. Yeah. And I was like, yo, what's up, man? I thought you were like the guy that does this. And he goes, no. He goes, why would I do that? I want to show my work. Mm-hmm. So he showed like how, because he goes, Got a you, lot of yeah. people just hide, hide that. It, yeah, for sure. Because it do, they, 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 they I'll just zip tie it and clump it all together and put it over here and yeah. then put, a, put a coil cover over it. You know, and he's like, no, I wanted to leave the coil cover off and show like. Uh, and yeah. I'm like, yo, that means a lot to me. I was like, that's a that's a person who like everything I do matters. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a famous thing about a, and I'm not I'm not a big industrial military complex kind of guy, but there's a famous thing about a, a West Point graduation ceremony where they they bring in a five star general and he talks about like the most important thing you could do is how you make your bed in the morning because mm. it sets the tone of everything that you're gonna do. And when I do things, like sometimes I show up late, sometimes I I don't get there on time, but I always want to make sure everything that I do is done to a high level of quality. Nothing more makes me mad than when you're producing something and you miss something or something isn't right and you don't get it the way you want it to be or the sound isn't right or the camera isn't right or something along those lines. Or you're like, I could have done the shot. I hate Watching the content that I've made because all I do is pick apart the flaws. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, ah, oh, I could have been so much better. You know, I'm always striving for perfection. You know, there's another meme going around right now. It's like, you know, practice makes, and then everybody goes, perfect. He goes, no, it's not perfect. Practice makes, you know, striving for perfection. Practice makes you getting closer to perfection but practice doesn't make perfect it doesn't you're never gonna achieve perfection yeah and i think that's the way people should look at everything that they do and it is i'm not gonna lie it's it's harder than fuck today to like be famous you know but if that's why you're in this game you don't do this you know look at yeah. joey joey's having his moment right now Hundred thousand followers on instagram he's building his vlog he's selling his books he's like he's doing his thing but he had a grind for a long time where he's just like, I like Hondas, and I'm going to take pictures of them, and I'm yeah. going to post them. And, you know, it's like, good for you, Joey. I hope it works. And he's he's writing for, like, Import Tuner and Super Street, and, oh, this car's lowered on a set of, yeah. you know, like, doing <laughs> yeah. those shitty car features. And he did all that, and now he's, like, getting to a point where I hope it's, like, making financial sense for him, you know? Yeah. So that's neat. And same thing with Ryan. Ryan's like, I just wanted to be the guy. I was became obsessed with wiring and figuring yeah. out how to do that, you know. And now he's like, self made people like that. And see you in your spot. Like, I love that stuff, you know.
0: Yeah, and I don't even know what it is because you know, the really the the follower count it doesn't matter in reality. I guess the only thing is that, that like I was saying, I just want people to enjoy the art, you know. But then, all these names that you're you're talking about, I'm like, oh yeah, that's. He's been on the podcast. Oh, he's been on the podcast. We have Miles on the podcast. We've had dude. Steph on the podcast. Yeah. We've had Brian from Haspar on the podcast. Ryan on the podcast. You know, Big Mike, Joey, like all these guys, dude. And it's just like, that's what I want is just people to watch it. That's it. That's all I want to watch it. Like, whatever comes after it, it doesn't really matter because the bread and butter is Downstar. The ball's rolling, it's going. Financially, everything's taken care of. The, the most that I would want is people to know the podcast so I, when I reach out to them for a conversation, they' they're more accepting of it and they know that it's we're gonna try to make the best conversation that we can and we're not going to put in any any like, dig a, like uh like what do they call them like uh, hot takes or something like that try, try to trip up the guests. This is about the guest and their story and their life and how they got to where they're at. You know, but it's just grinding, dude. It's it is. It's just grinding, and, and that's what you know. We're gonna continue doing because it's just fun. You know, when you get to a point in your life where it's just like everything else is taken care of, now you got to figure out how to make yourself have fun because you have time to have fun. Usually, when you work like a, a nine to five job, you don't really have time to have fun. You know, so that's that's kind of the point I'm at. I'm like, okay, well, what, what are the things that I enjoy doing? skateboarding, podcasting, you know, how do I mix all of these things together? So we're building like a weird jumbo, jambalaya <laughs> <laughs> of things going on here. But um, I'm gonna get a little more back into Hoonigans. So Hoonigans does have a lot of those uh, influencers on there. And it seems like some of the videos that they do come up with, they're, they're geared more towards creating views around some cars that are not you know the 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 owner is a little more popular than the than the car would be if the car was just by itself do you ever have any like internal conflict with that
1: yeah yeah um my my now that i'm not involved with Hoonigan, part of my separation agreement was not really to discuss it okay i'm i'm also like cannot really give a fuck about for it sure. to be honest so i'll be honest about it and i will say that you know and this is not a diss on hoonigan but straight up they're star fuckers like everyone else you know it's like you gotta you gotta troll for likes mm. you know this guy or girl or this car or this name on that youtube description you're chasing that algorithm and it's not a hoonigan alone it's everyone doing
0: it yeah pretty much all, all the big names out yep, there
1: there's there's been like you know we developed the drag racing show and we beat it into the ground, and it's just because it does a lot of views. You know, and it's like, but it's the same film formula, the same thing. Six hundred shows later, and it's like, to me, I'm always looking at the next thing. Yeah. And but Hoonigan as a business has to look at it as like YouTube algos and numbers, and this is what we're chasing. You know, sometimes these cars wouldn't be worth it, but the name of the guest would make it worth it. You know. Yeah. I stand proud behind it. Every single fucking car I brought on that show. And I brought 90% of them. You brought most of my on, t- man. Thank yeah, you, bro. I of appreciate it. course, that. man. Always, man. So, like, they didn't want Hondas. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, oh, I'll give you a Honda. And then they started doing numbers. You know, like, I brought, I said, Steph, bring your, bring, you got your Civic back from the Peterson? Bring it on. He's all, it doesn't run. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm gonna, <laughs> I, you know, I, I invented a show called Build Biology, which was like, I'm like, I want to bring like some nutty fucking cars. And they're like, is it, can it, be an S13 that does, you know, donuts and a lot. I'm like, mm. no, not everything is an S13 that the kid's going to want to smash it into a loading dock. You know, I'm like, let's bring some, you know, I brought like George Poteet. This guy's got a 477 mile per hour streamliner. It's oh, powered wow. by twin turbo, two twin turbo Buick V6 engines, 2,500 horsepower. You know, I'm like, dude, this is an, but it's not going to do burnouts. You know, I'm like, let's just put it in the yard and like, talk about it. We talked about it, it was a 1.5 million view video, which is good for Hoonigan, you know, and they're like, okay, let's let you do this, you know. So I brought in like weird, crazy, wild, wonderful cars, you know, but in the in the effort to chase, there have been some cars and some influencers and you know, just like any any other any other show, you know, you wanna have that, what do you call it, the cameo mm-hmm. the, the, where someone comes on and you're like, okay this person's here for the sake of being here, you know? And it's yeah. like, okay, you know, I get that. I don't necessarily agree with it because to me, I'm like, I'm more like you. I'm about the art. I was the same way with like, I could say it now because that that world's long behind me. But at Super Street, I was all about JDM cars. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck, this is, my, this is my soul. This is what I love. I love these cars. Picking a cover car was the most important thing for the magazine back then. We had a guy named Brian Horowitz. that owned a company called APC. They did clear corner taillights that were the shittiest fucking taillights on earth. But he made so much money, which could get us into another topic. It's mm-hmm. like when you talk about people who are famous for the fact of being famous, they're, they're cars and manufacturers, and you touched on it a little bit about like how you make your products and like some other people, you know, it's like there are so many brands out there now that have like such a great marketing approach. Yeah. And that they need to. And while other products that are clearly superior in quality don't do as well as them because these companies spend more in marketing and that always bummed me out and brian horowitz at apc was one of those companies they they owned the fucking world they were in corona and they had a big giant warehouse and they would they were at they had all doors at advanced auto parts and pep boys and o'reilly all of that and i'm like oh my god just watching them sell this is the days before amazon and walmart yeah. and they just they their stuff was so shitty. It would like the wa- when you'd wash your car, like water would come. <laughs> yeah, the fire, you I even remember that. Remember when you <laughs> homemade your clear corners and everything, you know? So with those little lighting, the little <laughs> lighting covers. Yeah. And everything, people, would, I remember some buddies of mine owned a company called clearcorners.com and I'm like, this looks like something that you get on those lights, you know? This, and they go
2: that's it yeah, that's it <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing
1: they would they showed me how they cut it and bent it and i'm like oh my god oh, shit. so but brian made a better mouse trap out of that and that came from like for like the old school guys the original uh is 300 which is the toyota alteza yeah had had crazy clear lights with only like red centers in it and everything clear corners alteza corners and everything yeah. you know you aware of that so um he had this company and they were like what will it take to be on the cover of super street and i'm like i I don't know like build the car and we'll see but they were they were spending so much money they were pressuring us so much pressuring me Mm. and they were like we want we need to be on the cover if we're going to advertise and my my sales guy mike robletto my buddy he was like i know he goes they will build whatever you ask them to build and i'm like i i don't like doing that to me it's like at the core i feel like i as much as I shill myself out and whore myself out, I do feel like I have some sort of integrity. Mm-hmm. And I wanna be, first and foremost, even when I work with an advertising partner or a sponsor or whatever, you, you say it, you wanna shout out to your sponsors and everything, but first and foremost, you wanna create the best art. For sure. You wanna create the best, and this, at the end of the day, if you tell the sponsors, be patient, and you'll get more views than if we're constantly like talking about the sponsor and interrupting a guest or something like that. That's not as good as it would be as if we say, hey, thank you for the support at the end of the show. Or there's an organic placement or something along those lines. I go, all of that means more than just trying to whore out for a sponsor. Yeah. And it's the same thing with APC. And I said something offhanded to Mike. I said, I don't know, I'll tell them to build an S15. Which back in the day, like no one had S15. They somehow figured out a way to import an S15. But they painted it. It was the worst color, gray and orange, geometric patterns on mm. it. And everything. it was like a mini truck apply to an S fifteen, which today would sound pretty savage, but back then was like I was like, Oh my God, what is this abomination? And they were like, There you go, you asked for an S fifteen, we built it. Oh, and I'm like, shit. what are you doing? But they pushed so hard to get into that world, you know? And it's yeah. the same thing with like influencers these days, yeah. you know? Everyone's trying to, to to not be a try hard, but they're trying so hard and they end up being a Me Too that have done a build so they try to like get out of the box and when they get out of the box they go so wildly off the track i go sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't when you break the mold sometimes it's a good thing but sometimes it isn't you know it isn't necessarily good because it's different just because it's different isn't always good
0: for sure i see a lot of youtubers kind of it seems to me like they're burning out man. especially it's like you've built the craziest craziest cars craziest cars craziest cars now you're buying you know uh, you're buying exotics and making those crazy. And Like, what's next? What's what's after that, dude? You know, now people are really going to have to see you as a person for what you have to offer. You know, like, it's it's a very weird time right now. It's tough
1: because, like I said, every YouTuber and every influencer has to chase that algorithm and chase that, like, getting the next most views, you know, mm-hmm. and trying something that is click-bait-worthy, click yeah. you know? And when you've only, when you're, you know, it's like, it's back to the Honda market, you know? It's like when you buy every part and you bolt-on every part, and this is no offense to what you do with the bolt-on parts, bolt-ons are, are amazing, you know? It's great to have this, like, checklist of For everything. For sure. But when you really want to make yourself stand out, we're talking about, like, the Ryan Basseries of the world, and, mm-hmm. and like, a Rye wire harness and, like, a complete shave bay and, like, starting from scratch... And then when you've even gotten to that, which a lot of people have gotten to, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this with, uh, I don't know, an N600 now, instead of like, you know, I mean, you watched it with Civic Hatches. Yeah. You know, it's like the the EF was the it hatch, and then it became the EG, and then it became the EK. And then for some reason, the EP3 didn't pop off, mm-hmm. which for good reason, <laughs> you know? And then like people would go- cycle through it, and then they go, Well, no. Now, you know, Ryan, being forward thinking, EAT, Mm -hmm. I'm going to take it back, you know, and go back. And that, to me, is like that good out-of-the-box thinking. But sometimes when you get the YouTubers you're talking about, they're trying so hard to, like, one-up themselves. Yeah. I was saying the the Hoonigan days, you know, I was a big director for, like, making all those shows happen. I was there. We were all saying, someone's going to die. Eventually, like, we're trying to, like, Mm. shoot trucks over the you know i was trying to jump a truck over the containers over the shipping containers out onto flat you know and what I'm what about like, the guy you know, that jumped the
0: tesla dude
1: you know yeah so you know i mean yeah <laughs> that's alex Choi and his crew and all that. <laughs> whatever you want to say about whoever's involved in that i'm like those are guys that are still trying for that quote-unquote viral for sure thing but like if you do that viral thing it's like you have to do that every single time yeah you know? There was a guy, an old school guy, and I think he came out as a pedophilia. Uh, mm. It was like, a, it was called Dave's Farm, and it was this fucked up, crazy guy in the early days of YouTube that had on his farm. I think was there's a very famous uh, Raptor when the when the Ford Raptor was brand new. It's a brand new black Raptor bone stock, and someone sent it and like bent the frame, double airbag pop off, and everything, and like totaled like what was a at the time an eighty thousand dollar truck and it was nuts and that brought a lot of attention to him because he had a YouTube channel that he had young, dumb and full of comb I guess yeah. kids that would just strap a little watermelon to their head and go okay I'm going to send it and would jump like a Yugo or whatever and just mm. try to do whatever in pursuit of viral success so when you, yeah. when you build a brand on something like that how are you going to top yourself next time if you jump a Tesla in San Diego it's like what comes next after that you know
0: yeah, wow. I just saw something. I didn't even click on it. That whistling Dixie guy, Joe Dirt-looking dude, he like broke the the Weston
1: Whistling Diesel. That guy,
0: he yeah. broke the glass or something on uh, TJ's old uh, Huracan. He bought the Huracan. Yeah. Yeah, and then my 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 worker Gabe here, he was the one that was telling me about it. So that's how viral this stuff goes. Like you don't even have to see it and you know about it. But I'm just like uh, I. I'm not that curious to go in there and see what, what the deal was, but it just sounds like one of those things. I don't know what what the video was about, but it just sounds like one of those things that it's like, all right, it's a Wednesday, I don't have a video today, let's just break this glass.
1: Let's do something that will make people watch. And beyond that is the shares. Mm, yeah. You wanna see, because if someone is not subscribing to you, you wanna have the person that's subscribing to you share to a non-subscriber, that that person will watch and go and go down that youtube rabbit hole and go i want to see what else these guys are doing yeah you know oh
0: so, yeah it's a it's a crazy time man but shout I, out to all those dudes I, making I, a living you know from what it.
1: i i i'm impressed with the hustle and the grind and when you talk about them getting burned out man I, I can't say who but there's been some famous youtubers that i've talked to that are just like dude i got i gotta make a video this week i gotta make a video you know hoonigan is a big machine there are some others that are just like one content mm-hmm. creator that's got to post a video like every single week. Yeah. Because if you don't, the algorithms don't reward you when you don't make content. And I'm like, that is a grind. There's a there's a story. There's a dude, uh, Ninja. He's a he's a streamer. Yeah. He's a gamer. Twitch streamer. Twitch streamer. And man, he left to go to um, TwitchCon, which was a big convention in San Diego. And he stopped streaming. He's like, I don't even want to deal with it for like three days. And someone... Checked his metrics, and he lost like he had like ten million followers, but he lost like three hundred thousand followers in three days of non-streaming every day. Wow! So I mean, these are dudes who like have to stream for like eight hours. You know, yeah. in the early days of YouTube, it was like don't do a video that's longer than four minutes because people won't watch it. But now they reward you for the longer minutes mm. you do, so you have to do twelve minutes and fifteen minutes and twenty minutes. Yeah, I'm an old school guy. I look at YouTube right now and I'm like, I don't know if I want to invest like 19 minutes into a video about a, a whatever. You know, yeah. That a lot of it is fluff. Like I said about the way content creators like stretch it. Like after the break, you're going to see what we do next. And yeah. There's an ad that pops up and they come back and they go, okay, he's going to do it. You ever, you ever seen like old school days like when Evil Knievel would jump the fountains at Caesar Palace and everything? would make that into a a one hour show yeah on primetime tv and they're like well elvis is in his camper right now we can't wait to see and they would like do a whole thing because the jump is like 30 seconds you know it's (laughs) like how do you make that an hour show you know it's the same thing with these things you know it's like we're gonna race these two cars no really we're gonna race them you don't believe us? We're about to race these cars. And they do that for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And then the cars race. And you're like, oh, that wasn't really as exciting as I thought it would be. And you see like people like just yeah. frantically scrubbing, scrub, 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 scrub. Like everybody, like we all joked when we were in Hoonigan was like, the, my, our entire life is us going, <laughs> you know. And then like, ah, let's see the car race, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, because people don't want to hear that shit. You know, they're like, yo, they're like. What kind of engine is in that thing? And they're like, uh, we talked about it. And they're like, oh, I didn't watch. It. I just scrubbed through to the to the jump. I'm, I'm you know? guilty, bro. I'm
0: guilty of that. Usually, when I'll see something that like, uh, I'll search videos for the BMW, and I'm just like, oh, what what would my car do against this car? Oh, let me look it up. All right, BMW versus this car. Right, BMW versus and this, then this yeah. one. Do one of them that I saw. It wasn't the BMW, but it was a it was a, a Trackhawk, a Urus. And Hellcat Durango. Oh, man. Who, who do you think got yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Wh- which one do you think won? Hellcat Hellcat Durango, Lamborghini Urus, or the Jeep Trackhawk?
1: I give it up to the Trackhawk, because I think people would mod the fuck out of a Trackhawk. But I
0: think they were all stock. Oh, oh, stock? Yeah.
1: Trackhawk, uh, Urus.
0: Dude, it was the Durango. No bro. way, Yeah, I dragged dude. both of those. Shh. Isn't that crazy? Dude, what, what's crazy is that when uh, I was looking at the Urus, that it's the same as the, the Audi RSQ eight, like almost the same exact yeah, yeah, car, yeah. just like different body panels. Exactly. But that's a sick car though. I it like is. that one. It is. You ever get into exotics? Do you ever get that little tingle where you're like, Man, I see wanna this get is me. One if one I day. ever
1: like if I ever like invented Microsoft or Facebook or whatever, if that was my my thing. Like man, in 2022, you know what I would do? I would buy a nine fifty-nine, an F forty, a McLaren F one. I would do like the eighties and nineties mm. era of supercars, because that's where I came from. Gotcha. So to me, when I look at, you know, right now, maybe a first gen Bugatti, mm. but even that, like, uh like I I don't identify with the current era of hybrid supercars even and this has come off as like a terrible supercar but the XJ220 the Jaguar the V6 roller, Okay. To me that's like sex on wheels gorgeous car. I don't identify with like the current era McLaren the Ayrton Senna versus you know I'm like ah, I don't I'm not feeling it right now Got for it. the cars that are coming out you know. And um so those were the supercars that I would get. And if I if I couldn't get supercars like Right now, the F-40 is having its day in the sun. It's probably like, I don't even know. I, I want to say like, for a good example, F-40, I think there was like 399 of them and it would go for like maybe like 4 million, you know? And so, okay, a 4 million for, for an F-40, I'd rather, almost rather take that 4 million and buy like $4 million worth of shitty Hondas and Toyotas and everything. And, like and a lot. Just, just have a Just have like a, you know, like, okay, I'm going to, you know, fly, like LJ's car just resurfaced. I'm going to restore the field Civic, you know. I'm going to take, yeah, like, Steph has like told me, like, I don't know if this is in confidence, but I'm just going to say it because I've been drinking. But he's like, I'm like, yo, dude, are you, like, you should get it to fire up. I, every time I go to a shop, I'm like, you should fire it up, Steph. And he's like. He goes, I need like a laptop and I don't even, there's no ECU that works with it these days. He goes, I would cut it up if, it, if unless someone wants to buy it from me, he goes, I don't even care about that car. Like, I love that about him, but I'm also like, part of me wants to be like that guy Colton that I was telling you about from JDM Supreme. Like, I want to buy that car and take that car. I want to like, there's a guy, super old school head that was a Mazda engineer and um, he used to work at Garrett back in the day and his name is Todd Caneco. And he had an S30Z and a 510 with a 13B, old school Chevlons on them and everything. And I'm like, oh, those are like the pinnacle of like the old school Japanese cars that I would really, really want and mm. everything. And like that sort of thing. I'd buy like a Mark IV Supra and like put 2,500 horsepower in the 2J, even though it would be a stupid amount of money to spend. That's That's what I would spend my $4 Got million you. on. So as much as I love exotics, like and it comes back to like and this is such a shitty terrible cliche line but like Paul Walker and Vin Diesel when they finish the super and it's like gaudy orange with the gladiator arm on it and everything you know and like they pull up next to the guy in the 348 and he's like he's like Paul Walker goes, that's a nice car, bro. And he goes, Ferrari, more than you could afford, pal. You know, and it's such a shitty thing. I'm like, but out of all of that, I would way oh, rather shit. take the Supra than the, than than the, the Ferrari, Ferrari yeah. you know? It's like, and you know, the fun fact about that car, I knew the guy who originally, and I, I shot the car for my website for Overboost way back in the day. It was owned by a guy named Craig Lieberman, who was one of the first guys who like started, seating all the cars in the fast and furious mm. movies and it was yellow and it had it had racing hearts on it and it was it was a fucking pretty tight car he had did a couple shitty things to it and everything but it was really good but then when they redid it for the movie and they wanted to paint an orange i'm like oh why would you do that man but you know when the movie pays you you just give them the car and say do whatever and everything, yeah you know so i i actually like the fast and furious supra when it was the og yellow color that not many people know about than it was when it was in the movie as as Orange.
0: That movie uh had a huge impact on the community. That was what you were dead in the middle of it, huh? Dude, I was I helped
1: bring cars to that and I didn't go. I could have gone to the race war scene mm, in the desert. Yeah. They needed a bunch of cars, so I sent a bunch of friends and everything. And we're we're um, you know, um talking about um uh Greg too. You yeah. know it's like he brought his little shitty CRX, the blue and white yeah. one there, and everything, you know. And um, a, a friend of mine brought a crazy CRX to a drag car and everything. A, a buddy of mine, Chris Chi, brought his FD. as he had a crazy RX-7 and everything, and like full C West kit on that thing and everything. It was like, was it C West kit? I might be wrong. I'm sorry, Chris, if I've said the wrong body <laughs> kit. But um, like, I sent a bunch of people to there, and I was like, hey man, I can't make it. I got to go to the Nopi Nationals, which mm. is this kooky car show in Atlanta that I went for. You know, one of the companies that I was working for. And I missed it. I missed the the thing, the the shoot. But I I helped bring cars to the very first thing. I'm like, Craig, call these guys, and here's a bunch of cars and everything, you know. And like, so to me, it was like for better or for worse. Like you'll hear people of my era and everything say good and bad things about mm. Fast and Furious. I'll argue that yeah, it did help bring a lot of exposure to the to the to the sport compact world. But it also brought. A lot of horrible trends, you mm. know. It, you know, and not, not the movie per se you know what the car, the cars in the movie like i mean they had the one character uh vince drove a maxima yeah which is also lieberman's wife's car which i'm like yo <laughs> that's what? a front wheel drive like you know and it's not a cool front wheel drive either <laughs> i'm like that's the most fun. i'm like you're fucking putting a maxima in fast and the furious but no one no one remembers that you yeah. know they remember the yellow bird the the big bird yellow r33 from yeah, from, yeah, from, yeah. from yeah. motor X. they remember um uh, Dom's Dom's uh, FD, and they remember you know uh, Brian's Eclipse and yeah. Brian's Super. I'm like, yeah, all those cars were like, you know, arguably okay, but that car was just d- garbage. And then they also had like um Jesse drove the Jetta, which yeah. also belonged to my friend. <laughs> I-, I love you, Scott Sentra, but the Jetta was cool for Volkswagen car at the time. But I'm like, yo, that like those two cars did not belong in that world. So there was like good and bad things yeah. about the movie, but. When I say the movie set off a bunch of trends, it was just a bunch of like, like hangers on that wanted to operate, you know, the opportunistic um, take take opportunity from the movie and make shitty body kits and shitty graphics. Mm. And all these kids came out of it, and you yourself too. I will use you as a as an example. And you didn't build shitty cars. I'm not saying that, but (laughs) so some people they built shitty Civics, right? And they were hot for a moment. Girls would be like, oh I like that. He's got underglow on the. Oh it's shit, that's like, you know, the shit, you know. Yeah, you know. And then they would, they would, they would. Oh, look at that car. It's painted like a Skittles, you know. It's like I like that, you know. But it quickly faded from the limelight to where, like, if you show up with like a Civic with a combat wing, like in college after you were rocking in high school, college girls would be like, eh, "You don't have yeah. a BMW." And I think that's what popped off the whole Euro trend. And look at you. You went from Honda to BMW. Yeah, you know? for it's like, sure. So it's like people were like, do I want to be seen driving in a little like shitty Civic with a shopping yeah. cart wing and a fucking fart can exhaust? Or do I want to be seen in a BMW with a dining exhaust yeah. that sounds cool and it's tastefully lowered and the wheels are... and. Everything's more expensive, but you know, this is what I want to do to step up my game because, at the end of the day, guys are just trying to get you know, girls to an extent back in the day to like them. But it's funny, like, everybody all of us built cars back in the day and I, hurt was the one who coined this phrase but it's like i try so hard to make girls notice me in my car but all it is is other guys noticing me you know right it's like yeah. it's like yo bro i like your car i'm like well i wish your girlfriend liked the car you know but you know she could care less you know so like
0: Shout that's out the out thing. To hurt man oh yeah <laughs> uh, um, but yeah about the you know BMWs you see people go from to BMWs you see them go to Porsches and it's just uh, my wife she actually worked at uh, Rusnak BMW Oh, Uh, here in uh 1000 oaks and she would always tell me you got to check out the m's you got to check out an m car and i didn't know shit about bmws anything and it was a time where i was going to buy a new car i was going to get a gtr dude and then and then uh, i go to her work and she's like here i just want to show you and my first bmw was a 2017 m4 um what was it frozen frozen white Uh, it was in the basement with the light over it and i'm like oh my god this car is so beautiful took it for a drive i'm like wow this is amazing and that's i just like fell in love with it dude and then when i when i turned that car back in, i got the uh the m8 that's the it's a grand coupe competition I i think i going to just keep that car forever dude oh, it's like so good and then i'll drive my civic I'm like yeah i like this it's cool but the seats aren't comfortable the seats don't have ac like and it's slower, way slower than the BMW. <laughs> but I still have, uh, I, I still have love for the Hondas. Uh, before we get off the subject of Fast and Furious, I always love to talk about this. Are you familiar with Rafael Estevez from oh, yeah. DRT? DRT, of course, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, East Coast boy. Yeah, 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 he's actually the the guy that they wrote the story about the 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 vibe. That was in Vibe magazine. He was the he was the Dom he was the Dom Toretto. He's the inspiration for everything. A lot of
1: people will argue, and I will I will sort of kind of I don't want to say support that point, but a lot of people argue that it was Steph because mm. Steph is bald and stuff. You know, I'm sure. like he was the Drag Race king and everything. But yeah, it was Rafi back in the day. You know?
0: I, I I contribute the whole idea of everything to that story yeah it was called redline yeah, 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 yeah as far as uh no and racer x mm. vibe magazine you know, Racer like the, X, the, the
1: original script for fast and furious was called the, okay Red Line, got you and then racer x you're right was that yeah was the but article, the, yeah. the yeah.
0: actual characters and such i don't know could be steph yeah could be greg leone uh. <laughs> i don't know i don't know who it is but guys make sure you check out out um, Google uh, Vibe Magazine Racer X, Racer X yeah. Rafael Estevez and he's still killing it, it to this stuff. day man.
1: Dude like I love New York because those guys got a, had a huge chip on their shoulders mm-hmm. back in the day. They're like fuck Cali. <laughs> it was like if you talk about like like Tupac versus like Biggie yeah. like that that East Coast West Coast rap beef that was like the the import drag racing beef and like way back in the day I want to say it was like clutch masters or someone got a, a, a double-decker trailer okay. and brought out Lisa Kubo, Bergenholtz, Steph, like all the fucking hitters and put them in this this double-decker and sent them out to English Town and goes, okay, we're gonna run. Mm. And like ran against East Coast, West Coast and everything and I was I flew out, I didn't drive, I yeah. flew out and, and covered that one. And it was nuts. English Town back in the day, 30,000 people strong. You know, That's you had amazing. guys like, Guys like Eddie Bello that had the Porsche and Craig Paisley and Vinny 10 and everything.
0: And Ara with the Aura Supra.
1: Slanian and everything with the bullish Solaras and he had the Supra back in the day. Like all of that stuff, like those guys, like they, but they had such a chip on, them. and I love that they had a chip on the shoulder because they're like, we're going to show that we're better
2: than mm. you. And
1: then also, by the way, there were some guys who could give a fuck about everybody that would just sort of show up with these rotary powered cars from Puerto Rico <laughs> that would just be like, Who's Steph? I don't know. Who's Paisley? I don't know. I don't just go and it would just like fire these cars up and just break everybody off and get on and go. Pay me my money and get and we're the getting fuck back out. on the boat. like like, the East Coast, West Coast guys are beefing and the Puerto Ricans just show up and just wreck shop on everyone, you know. Oh man. So, shout like,
0: out to Puerto Rico, dude. Yes, We've been getting sure. uh, a lot of orders over there. Everybody's getting yo, ready for TE. Yo. Tuna Revolution's gonna be in yo, Puerto Rico very love soon. Love that. Love that Oh yeah, shout out to Jay, man. Yeah, but yeah, yeah dude, um, on my early days. I think it was 2000, 2012 was the first time that I ever went to uh to the East Coast meaning like uh like Jersey. It was for for H Day. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Went over there, and it was crazy to see the uh, the the scene at that time because you're still talking 2012. Uh, social media is relatively still, new. Yep, Espe- like Instagram was still relatively completely, new at that completely. time, only you know? for the iPhone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> sorry, Android. So, so you would see cars over there that you may never have seen before, and you you're starting to see like because the East Coast was always behind what the West Coast was doing. But then it started to catch up, and the gap started to get smaller and smaller. And I think that's because of social media and everything, because people
1: would see things more than waiting for a magazine to come Mm -hmm. out like three months later.
0: Yeah, dude, and I I kind of saw the uh, the growth of what was going on there, dude. And it was amazing to see. And then you got to see like the death of E Town, dude. And I I was there some of the last times that they had events there, and it was amazing just to see the. The, the stands full and just the energy that the East Coast does have and still does to this day with really? racing. It's it's you're racing at the track or you're racing on the freeway watching a Thai boogie video or something like that. Like it is insane, man, and it's it's commendable to them for sure.
1: And I am blanking on the thing, but it was a it was a back in the days of VHS when mm-hmm. magazines were king. They had a VHS and there was a dude named Dotto that had a yellow E thirty six M three and he would bomb through the east coast and they would do like these outrun style videos and everything and they were nuts don't try this at home all that <laughs> shit and everything, but please do not do this but it was so nuts to see this guy just like straight up do donuts in front of the police and just take off oh shit. you know and just like egg them on to chasing him and it wasn't even really a modded it wasn't like a thousand horsepower or anything it was just like a crazy m3 and yeah. he would just like go for it and they would film him and there was people in the car and everything trying to film it it was nuts man so the east coast guys like had a different different thing about it yeah you're talking about like the freeway runs and everybody talks about out here in SoCal like Maria Street and Somar Mm, and like the OG like 80s days and everything and um that was cool, and it was crazy, and it was illicit, and someone would fire a gun and everything, and everybody would run, and the cops would show up, and like all that stuff. But it was a quarter mile, and you'd start and finish, and everybody. There was a couple incidents and accidents and injuries, and you know, yeah. and like stuff would happen. But it was a quarter mile. But in the East Coast, they'd run, on, they'd do highway runs, mm-hmm. and they'd do like a crazy, like almost like Wangan style, like two mile kooky loop or point Mm, to point and that's where Eddie Bello made his name and all that stuff and you just some of these crazy highway races and I remember there was a a guy I, I can't say who he works at Hoonigan now but he claimed that he goes he goes yeah you're good friends with Craig Paisley and I'm like yeah I'm like he's one of my asshole buddies and everything and he goes he goes yeah I remember one time he goes we were at the street races and Paisley brought his famous Supra Paisley did a back half Supra before there was back half Supras and he, he brought his super out of the trailer and it was a fifty thousand dollar hit and Paisley won the race, put the car back up on the trailer and, and drove away. Oh wow. And I said, Yeah, I just heard a story about you. He called me that day and I'm like, Ah, it's funny, I just heard a story about you and he goes he goes, Yeah, that never happened. You know, <laughs> Oh shit <laughs> He goes, I wouldn't take my car, he goes, he goes, I wish he goes, I wish i made fifty thousand dollars drag racing <laughs> He goes <laughs> and paisley's not a bullshit or anything he's like yeah they're they're from two different universes yeah exactly 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 it was like it was like it was like an alternate universe and everything in the canon
0: so Uh, i really feel like we're in a different universe dude sometimes you think so yeah for sure i think ever since 2012 something something definitely happened and we, we switched over into a different universe
1: for me i feel like um you know there's there's been a couple different like what you'd call like a paradigm shift or like a radical Mm -hmm. revision it was the it was the fast and furious in 2000 definitely like set the tone to go someplace and then it was also like and maybe you're right maybe it is 2012 but i think the onset of social media also flipped the script yeah and then again we're we're maybe we're experiencing it right now with the pandemic and everything and like there's a kind of a new world order going
0: on very weird time man yeah you know i was thinking about this yeah this is like totally switching the subjects but that's what this podcast is all about dude we're just talking about whatever dude (laughs) is that when when stuff started to get crazy uh early to 2020 like it really started to get crazy when kobe passed away and one one thing that i was thinking about was what if somebody somebody causes so much sadness in the world that ends up switching switching I don't know universes, uh, uh, consciousness, something that caused everybody to to go on a different path in or a different universe?
1: You're talking about the butterfly effect. You know what that is? Yeah. The, yeah. So like, if somebody travels back in time and you kill a butterfly, it's like, and then you go back into the future again and you've just changed the whole world is different for sure so without time travel being a factor like if that butterfly dies or if that kobe dies or that pandemic happens like what would that cause i mean it's nuts if you look at right now when when covid hit and everybody's like that's it we're done the world's going to collapse mm-hmm. now we're not going to have you know it's it's bitcoin and everything else is done but it, became, it came to pass that like the, the hyper wealthy and also the stimulus money funded people to do what they wanted to do mm-hmm. without getting out of the house. So you can't take a vacation with your kids if you're a family person. But so you have all this money, I was gonna spend 15 grand on a vacation with my kids. Oh, I'm not going with my kids anymore. So now I will put 15 grand into a supercharger on my Mustang, mm. or I will put 15 grand into uh, sh- new shutters for my house, or I will put 15 grand into building a gym in the downstairs. So it became like personal improvement in terms of fitness, housing improvement, and car improvement. And those industries soared. And Amazon and all those saw record profits right now. We're in a, like, the the gas crisis is nuts, but what people aren't realizing, what people aren't talking about, is the the petrochemical companies are making more money now. They're posting record profits. If you're posting record profits, but we're feeling like the worst prices ever, what's wrong with that picture, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So when you have those, like, massive paradigm shifts, they happen in a place where someone will always capitalize on it, For you know? Sure. And when you capitalize on it, you actually continue to cause that shift to happen, you know? So it's a such a bullshit cliche thing to say, but it's like the way money makes the world go round. It's like, wherever the money goes, that's where everything starts to yeah. kind of flow and, and and follow. And when you say alternate universe, I think that's the thing that we're experiencing right now, you know? And the other thing is, is like I again hate to say hate, but I really, don't like talking about politics, but I follow politics very closely. And no matter what side you're on, right or left, I think what people need to realize is they're pitching us to pitting us to be against each other Mm -hmm. on each side of the aisle, right and left. But what we don't realize is it's not about both sides of the aisle. It's about us in the aisle and those that are in the expensive seats in front of us, facing us and talking to us the people in power for sure and they're doing that to go oh let's let them talk about abortion or guns yeah. or something else while we make record profits and we make money and the gulf between the haves and the have-nots so ra- instead of right and left it should be have versus have-not mm. you know and that's the big thing that's going it's on it's like right a
0: class now. war
1: i don't think it'll ever get to that point as much as a lot of people will argue that it could but that's the way it's trending towards where they're just trying to make the, the the have-nots fight against each other against right or left when it should be the have-nots looking at the halves and going this is ridiculous
0: yeah and um, you 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 see the the conflict all day uh, mostly on facebook because uh, maybe it's because it's older demographic on facebook you're
1: setting your ways and but that's
0: it, it. it's like okay if you voted for joe biden yeah, maybe they know that that wasn't the best decision to make now like this, this this is the point to stop like pointing the fingers and be like all right, so you voted for him, you voted for him. We're all in this fucked up situation. Like we need to do something and we need to get together, but I think that 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 has so much so much ego and pride in it that that's all the satisfaction that they're looking for was like, all right, you were wrong. Okay, yeah, you're wrong. But that's it. That's the only satisfaction they want to get to and right now it doesn't matter who was right and who was wrong it's just these are the cards that we're dealt right with right now and it's a very weird time man
1: it is it's definitely like a very weird time and a lot of people will say this is the worst crisis we've ever incurred between two different political parties it's like it's so there's no convincing one side mm-hmm. or the other and they're so far apart they've never been to we haven't been to let's agree to disagree in a long time, yeah. right? Some people say, this is the worst it's ever been. I'm like, has it been the worst it's ever been? Because we've had slavery. Yeah, and for we've sure. We've had a civil war. And we've had like, that's kind of the worst it's ever been. So in modern era, it does feel like we're drifting apart and everything. But we have to recognize this, it's not the worst it's ever been. And I hope we can come together for the future. But it just, it bums me out because... A lot of the have-nots that are on one side of the political fence are saying, "This is what we believe, and it's got to be this and that." And I'm like, "That's not going to help you in the long run." You know? Yeah. What's going to help us is like, I, I, you know, not to like again, not to get political, but like to like the 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 taxing structure right now in the United States is so fucked up. You know? It's like there are people that make so much money that they pay less in taxes than what you and I pay. Yeah. In terms of a percentage because they're smarter than us and they're wealthier than us and they could build shelters beyond what we can. If everybody paid their fair share, we could have you know, subsidized university, subsidized healthcare, all of that, which they make us argue that oh that's socialism and that's bad. There's autocratic socialism which is bordering on communism which is terrible. You know, but the socialism that we're talking about is every other first world country enjoys that. In Germany, they, in Canada, they have healthcare and everything, and it's not even a thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you don't have healthcare and you have to get a prescription med, you're looking at like $170 for a bottle of pills. I'm like, in what world is that okay? How are we the first world country, the leader of the world, and we're paying $170 for pills? We're the biggest consumer of all, this, all these pills, but yet we pay more than everyone else. But because the haves, don't want to pay their fair share in taxes, and when I say fair share, I mean if everybody just paid ten percent of their income, it would be fine. But they're like, my ten percent is millions of dollars. To your ten percent, that's dozens of dollars, not yours. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. Mine. You're doing better <laughs> I, than I, me, Frank. <laughs> I wish it was dozens. <laughs> so like, you know, our ten percent is much less than their ten percent. They're like, For I sure. don't, I don't, I have privatized health care. I send my kids to private school. I'm like, yes, but how did you make your wealth? Did you make it on the backs of people that mm. work for a company mm-hmm. of yours? Those company, those people need that healthcare. They need that public schooling. All of us use the roads. All of us use the fire department. All of us use the police department. I'm like, everybody is, you know, if we, I wouldn't mind paying a little bit more in taxes if everybody got their fair share out of it or if you knew
0: where it went to
1: yeah exactly that's the other thing when you get with the government too you know they're like oh well x lobby or y lobby is gonna pay me this much to get me elected and put me in power so i'm gonna i'm gonna enact laws that support their mission that may not be the best for the future of the country Mm -hmm. but for me i get paid for sure you know and it's like so it's a huge, huge problem and it bums me out, especially as I get older and I start thinking about it. I'm the guy on Facebook that's like doing the rants and everything. Yeah. So it's like, I, I try not to be because I'm like, I try to be progressive and I try to understand what every side is thinking. I try to watch like all levels of news and educate myself and all different facets of, of information that I can ingest because everyone has a bias and everyone has like a way that they're going to report something. And I do the same thing with cars when I see something about a car. I want to see it, or I want to see something in the space, or I see a product. I hold my judgment before I hear someone say, "Oh, that's terrible," or "That's the best ever."
2: Mm. You know?
1: It's like you have to you have to know that. And it's like if you come back around to like cars, where we're like really talking about, it's the same thing. It's like the companies that don't have money that build a great product are suffering against the companies that just build like a me-too product that is maybe not as well designed, not a lot of. Not a lot of investment in research and development and not a lot of investment in making it work and making it fit right and yeah. making it benefit. the. At the end of the day, when you talk about making art for your fans, same thing, making a product for a consumer. That's your art and you want them to, to be happy with what they're getting. For sure. And if they're not happy with that, they're getting something that is like a shitty knockoff, but because they fell for the marketing involved in it, you know it's that big lie it's mm-hmm. the same thing as politics it goes everywhere it's, it's like that you have to be careful with what the media that you consume the products that you buy everything about your consumption here is all warped and you have to watch that carefully
0: yeah, yeah. now uh, I heard you mention earlier it was, uh, you said that uh, there's no original ideas you, know, you just <laughs> mentioned knockoffs and that brings me to the Honda community which is guilty of all of the above. And a lot of these uh, knockoff companies are companies that don't have any creative ideas. They'll just steal it from somebody and kind of just follow a a cookie cutter platform. Like, why do you feel that that's so accepted in the Honda community?
1: Oh, that's easy. It comes down to cost-benefit analysis. You know, it's like if you look at... I said bread seats, but we'll say anything. Body kits. If you look at like... C West body kits back in the day. Sea West body kits would drop a new body kit for an FD or an Altezza or something, you know? And they'd have the coolest kit, you know? And they'd have it on a car, to be painted, and you'd see some guy there at Tokyo Auto Salon, like early days with camera phones or mm-hmm. maybe a digital camera, just like taking a bunch of pictures of like... Weird angles, every yeah. Every single <laughs> angle, opening the door... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you don't like this car, bro. You like this car, you know? And they would shoo them away, and they'd go, oh, it's happening and everything. Mm. Then you would see the knockoffs come soon after that. It'd be C-Style or something. It wouldn't be C-West. It would be C-Style. It's some shitty knockoff company. And I know, shout out to all my friends who make shitty knockoff body kits. (laughs) You know who you are. And um, the C-West kit would be, you know, back in the day, you know, like 3,500 bucks for a C West kit, and you gotta import it. You gotta send it to some importer that's importing C West here in the United States. And you have a beat down old IS 300 that you wanna like put a body kit on. You're like, God, I want that C West kit. Mm-hmm. And you see $3,500, you know, and you're like, oh man, I can't, I can't afford that, you know, because I still gotta get it painted and everything else. But then you see C style from another company that's selling it for like 1,400. And you're like fourteen hundred. Holy shit! I could afford that. Mm-hmm. So you go to the C style kit, you know, because it looks the same. What am I? What? What's the difference? It still looks the same.
2: Mm. You
1: get it and it doesn't fit right, and the body shop will say it's going to cost you more, and you end up paying more to get make it fit. And mm. You get it and you're you're happy with it, but you're supporting that company that's doing the knockoffs. For sure. So again, they keep continuing to make the knockoffs, so they will make those knockoffs all day long. You know, and it comes down to like Volk wheels. Remember te thirty sevens back in the day most ripped off wheel i mean there would be there was a famous one that we ran at super street it was ray's engineering was the parent company Mm -hmm. of of volk racing and ray's engineering would be at you know the tokyo auto salon with a new wheel every year and they they'd have they'd have them on like jgtc and super gt race cars and like all the tuners would use their wheels it was them or advan and that was it then you would see like knockoffs in like a weird little pavilion or weird little offshoot of Auto Salon or at SEMA show. And they would have a wheel that was the ZE27 by Roy's Engineering. I legit <laughs> saw a brand. You out did there. not see Roy's. Roy's <laughs> Engineering. Like shout out to Roy's <laughs> Engineering. Like yo, who's doing Roy's Engineering? <laughs> And who's buying that? Who's Roy? <laughs> but you're buying that that thing. you know. I mean, at one time, I was probably drinking. Let's and, do it. Um, I was on the Hoonigan show. And these two, like Larry brought in these two twins who had uh, had uh, twin civics. And one of them had a full spoon set up and the other one had full McGann's. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and the black and yellow ones. And their dad was like an old school Honda. Jesse, head. And I go, yeah, Jesse. shout you out know,
0: to Jesse. Jesse. Yeah,
1: so I love those guys. Like I love those, love that family. Yeah. And they were like, "What are what are these wheels?" You know, and I'm like, "These are you know SW three eighty eights. These are like the OG fucking spoon wheels. This is the shit." You yeah. know? And I'm like, "You have to get these." And there's they've been knocked off so many times. And I'm like, and I just threw it out there i just said fuck you and your fake rotas Mm -hmm. you know and like everybody went hell yeah dads!" you know because they they love that but at the same time i wonder how many people like there's been so many more rotas sold than those spoon wheels because those spoon wheels are like back in the day they were 400 dollars each and now they're a lot more because they don't make them anymore they were like you know magnesium from some sort of old school like Russian rocket program, you yeah. know, and that's that bullshit story. That's a that's really where those wheels came from, and you had Rotas and other brands that will do the design and do a matte black finish, and just go. These are SW style wheels, yeah. you know. So if you can't afford four hundred dollar wheel wheels, you're kind of like, yeah, I'll you can just
0: afford four hundred for all of them. Four
1: hundred for all of them, you know, and that's yeah. where you make money, and it and it goes all the way down to the fact that. You know, my girlfriend, and shout out to my girlfriend Jess too, is asking, she's very inquisitive and she's always asking about the world. She she works in the music industry, but she's done a lot of stuff in the motorsports industry and that's how we became connected. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, then why do these, you know, drift teams or these racers run these products? And I'm like, because those guys have to spend more on marketing than Spoon. Ichishima-san doesn't have money to spend on this because he's selling 400-hour wheels and he doesn't sell as much of them. But a Rota-esque brand that sells knockoff wheels will sponsor a pro drift team. Mm. And that pro is like, oh, I'd rather run spoons, you know? And, yeah. But go, I can't because, you know, they don't have any money to pay me, but this yeah. off-brand sells a lot more wheels and they want to continue to sell a lot more wheels so they feel like it's a motorsports pedigree to, to put these wheels on, you know?
0: don't you feel like that's part of the issue oh it's a huge part these uh, you know
1: but like i mean god i don't want to put anyone on blast but a, a buddy of mine you know um ran like very fu- very like real deal like ssr wheels mm-hmm. you know and he had since like moved to another wheel brand that sold shitty knockoff wheels you know because that, the- this is a three time well now i'm saying it This is a three-time <laughs> formula drift champion that had run like SSR, real deal professors on his drift car. Yeah. And then he's running like crappy, like shitty wheels. You look at the, I mean, you know, the biggest companies right now, the pros in the wheel business, I can't, you know, yeah. whatever you want to call them, they sell fucking shitty wheels. You yeah. Know? They're not FIA certified. They're not, the, the centers will separate from the barrels and impact and everything. You, you take a hit on a Volk wheel and that wheel dents. You take a hit on these shitty wheels, and the barrel separates mm. from this. And you see it all the time. You yeah. see those, those posts and everything, you know. Yeah. Tried to buy Volks, ended up with Roy's engineering. Ah, you know? Shout it's out like, to Roy. He's a
0: hustler, dude. He's, so he's just sweeping up, taking notes. But, you know, okay. I, I, I'll say,
1: like, you know, it's like, I will. I'll have your back on this because I appreciate you doing this. Because when you, brought, when you came to the show, you brought your Troll Civic. Yeah. And to me, I was like, What the fuck is this, Frank? Yeah. Because Frank built like one of arguably the greatest EGs in the <laughs> history of the game.
0: You're probably the only person that said that besides and me. Like, Yo, this I love best. that car. <laughs> and
1: I'm like, Bring your car. And he's like, Okay. And then Frank shows up and I'm like, What this is not the car, you know? <laughs> So you brought the that the 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 ek the the the, the, EG. Heavy, the other eg heavy in the streets EG. the heavy in the streets eg the gray one yeah that had lambo doors mm-hmm. it had underglow it had the 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 cash money hydro dip fender liners and everything yeah. it had the autometer monster tack yep. it had the nitrous bottles i mean it purgers. was like, <laughs> it was like the purgers it was like the ultimate troll car. And I was like, what? Uh, "Frank, you're like you're the tastemaker. What are you doing?" It was like a throwback to everything that was—I don't want to say wrong with it, but it was emblematic of the early 2000s, the Fast and the Furious era, where everything just got bigger and better and wilder and crazier, and you know, Lambo doors on everything that's not a Lambo. And you said, "I built this car because I'm tired of haters and I'm tired of the people who hate on people. Build your car and have fun with it. If this is a car I want to have fun with it." Yeah. And I had loved that reasoning. To be like, don't hate on people for what they do to their car. And you know, we're all guilty of this. For sure. We've all been at a meet and all like, oh my God, check that out.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know,
1: and like, you'll look, and when I've judged shows, people are like, Nats, check out my car. And I'm like, yo, that's cool as fuck. But I'm like, oh my God. You know, I'm like, it's a combat grill. You know, that yeah, yeah, grill, yeah. chain link fence grill. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? But you don't want to say that to them. But at the same time, you don't want to not support them. And I appreciate what they're trying to do. But if you don't have the money to do it, maybe think about another game, but I think there's there's a place for all of this. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, some of those knockoffs come at a cost to businesses like yours that build legitimate real deal quality parts that get hurt by the knockoffs, that you have to lower your prices to compete with them, where your products cost more, mm-hmm. your cost for their product is more than what they're selling on their retail. Yeah, you know, and it's like, how do you compete with that? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I know that me as a as a as a fan and as a a long time uh, member, or if you want to call it, of this industry, will say, I believe that there's there shouldn't be a place for them, but unfortunately there is. I'm hoping like you know, I'll, I'll just say it like Enke Wheels, not the best wheels, but also not the worst wheels. Yeah, they're they're a quality, affordable wheel. Titan Seven, shout out to my boy Eddie Lee, like make it Hell a yeah. good. You know, forged wheel that is not quite a Volk, but more affordable for the everyman. You know, it's like those brands are making you know making moves and making things that can be a viable option for you if you can't afford to get the bridge seats and the Takata harnesses and the you know, yeah, the whatevers. No, know? I feel
0: you, dude, and I really feel conflicted too because I, at one point of it, I feel like when I built my Civic, like yo, build whatever you want to build. But then on the the opposite side of it, as being a, a creative, you know, I don't look at what we sell at Downstar as oh, this is just something I could make money from. This it's literally, uh, like pieces of artwork that we put up. So. I always say when you're like, if you're drawing a picture, you have a pencil and we're giving you all the colors that you want to create, whatever you want to create. So these are the things to help you get to your your final vision. And it's not even more to like the competition or the knockoffs that it it really has an effect on the business, but it's kind of like it, it, it bothers me in a way that that. I have so much love for this community and then just seeing it so accepted like on uh you know like you're saying formula drift guys a a big influences in the community or these big youtube channels and all this episode is brought to you by bank i'm not going to say the name of the company because i don't want them to knock our stuff off but it's like i lose so much respect for these people because you're supporting somebody who literally stole somebody's idea. idea and it doesn't matter to most people because They've probably never had an idea Completely. that they've created something, and, and it's and it's done anything. It's taken off, it's sold, or what have you. But when you do those sort of things, when you when you do something that has maybe been done before, everything's been done before. Oh, okay. but maybe not in certain demographics. And when somebody does something in a certain demographic, and then someone else sees it and they knock it off, and then maybe they have more money because they're they're. Their integrity level is so low that they'll copy everything put it on every sort of platform and sell it for they're only making whatever 25% on it but they're making 25 it's like like you're making 25% on something but you're selling hundreds of thousands of them you're still gonna be making money and now somewhere in all of this weirdness you get a post from Rhoda talking down on another company for copying their wheels like what 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 world are what what universe is this just we're talking about knockoffs We're talking about the knockoffs yeah Yeah. i think i think that like it really just bothers me from you know a creative standpoint and i understand how it it wouldn't bother you if you're not a creative person if you're not a business owner um but it's just i guess it's just something you just got to deal with the only thing that's very confusing to me is that like people are so prideful about their their builds and you know, what they create and then from them being able to justify creating it with a product or a intellectual property from somebody else and just being able to justify it by, well, it was cheaper, you know? Then I I, I get to the point where it's like, Well, maybe you should just work harder to get something, to be able to support people that are actually in this industry going to these events, you know, like Steph, like taking notes and trying to figure it out, trying to figure out the lane to, to make it in. But it's like the age long battle, I guess.
1: You know, I can't say this enough, but I'm like, I'm such a old school guy and I did, um, paintball, mm-hmm. you know, but my kids getting into it now. Mm and she does airsoft. So I'm like, what's airsoft? And she's like, it's like little pellets instead yeah. of like paintballs. And I'm like, well, what do you do when you hit someone? She goes, well, it's like an honor system. I'm like, honor system? you got to have like a splat of paint on you to know. Like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm like uh, the OG about it, you know. And she's like, no, I want to. So I took them, you know, they're in Colorado, but I took, they came down to L.A. to visit. And I took them to go um, to an airsoft uh, shop. And the guy, he was a sales guy, so he's selling them. Mm-hmm. And he said, here, she says, I want this gun. I know the gun that I want, and I want to spend this much on it. And he goes, yep, I got it. We have that gun for $150. He goes, here's a $150 gun. Feel it. Hold it in your hand. Mm-hmm. It's plastic. you know." And she goes, okay. yeah." And she plays with the trigger and does it. And then she, he goes, here's this gun. This is $250. It's aluminum, you know and she feels it in the heft in her hands, Mm. the quality of the build. So it's like the quality is better. So be it cars or airsoft or bikes or anything that you're into, you have to be able to pay for the quality that you want. And reward those companies who make quality products. And if you're looking for doing it all for the gram, or the steez, or the flex, or whatever it is, you're not going to get that with knockoff brands. Mm. You know, people would like when I judge car shows, they'll look at me and they'll go, "Well, what do you think?" you know? And I'm like, "It's just not right." You know, and I mean at the core of it, you know, I talked about this earlier, like the Honda world was built on bolt-ons. So you build, you know, you you work on like swapping the the engine that you want or bolting on the wheels that you want. When you bolt on those parts, if you want if you want <sighs> whatever it is respect or likes or clout or whatever it is you're not going to get that from shitty parts you know and i don't i I don't i don't know what the solution is you know it's like either more patience you know and get to that point where you you need to get to get the parts you want to get and do it like that the other thing that bothers me is when when kids on the other end of the spectrum will say this build took me took me three years to build Mm -hmm. like no it didn't it took you three years to save the parts Mm -hmm. i I got respect for you i'm not gonna hate on you but dude oh you're working your job and you you had to save like in eight months i'll have the wheels you know and in another like i'm gonna do the paint and body so i'm like it didn't take you three three years to do a body kit and, and wheels and tires you know but I'm not going to hate on that because you're trying to get to that point legitimately, however, you need to do it. And you know what? Like people who hate on that and go, well, it's not fair. I don't make enough money and I'm not rich like this kid or this (laughs) guy. And I'm like, a lot of these people I know, you know. Uh, you know I don't want to throw Leon Casino under the bus but he's not a fucking wealthy man <laughs> Yeah. but that guy like in, you know he's got kids and he's a good dad and he supports he's, shout out to Leon for being an old school BMXer too because oh, he's nice. like, he's got his old school BMX bikes too so he he spends his money wisely on supporting his passions and does it with quality parts you yeah. know and it's like so you could either be like Leon or you could just like get there quick and yeah. I think and you know again old man rant but like today's generation wants to be like how do i pop off right now yeah how does my car pop off right now and it's like well you can get there with a 1500 hundred dollar body kit or a 3500 hundred dollar body kit you yeah. know and it's the same thing it's like but if you don't support those companies that spend more to develop these products they're gonna go away mm-hmm. and then we're not gonna have anything but shitty knockoffs it's like when you do a photocopy of something yeah it's like every time you make a reproduction of something andy warhol old school like silkscreen reproductions each one gets progressively worse yeah. than last it's the same thing with knockoff brands
0: that's they so funny that, worse. that you say that because um, that's the way that i think about it is that the these creatives that are coming out with new parts these are literally people in their garage thinking well if this was here it would it would take, fix this problem or whatever. And they're actually finding a machine shop. Can you do this? You know, spending so much money on R and D. There was a a brand. It was called, um, Oh man, I forget Ms. Matt Ms. JDM motors. He, he made these, uh, these billet, um, these billet inserts for like a B series, D series shifter. So it gets rid of like the, the slop, you know, nice and he came out with those and uh, it was a great product. We even sold them on the website and it wasn't five months until somebody knocked it off, maybe even less than that. And now you can find that product everywhere besides his website. I don't even know if he still sells it. And then there was another one, uh, it was uh it's called a product is called Dino Design, uh, Tyrannosaur Tightener. So you know like the bitch pin on a B series and oh, a yeah, D yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they made actually a billet one. So you you drill out the uh, the stock thing on the uh, the the stock bushing okay. uh, on yep, the yep. the shift, yep. the shifter, and then you put that inside and then now you can just pull it out and it takes out the slop as well. That got knocked off too. And it's just like, okay, so how many more ideas does this do these two guys have in their head that are actually out there testing products and be like, Well, this would be better if it did this that we're not ever going to see because, you know, somebody just copied it and they're selling exactly. it for like half the price or whatever, you know? It's just I don't know, then then do you just keep going and be like, you you just don't that's that's kind of our, our standpoint on it, is like whatever you copied is something that I came up with you know six months or a year ago. So you're like six months to a year behind anything that we're even doing at all. So it, that's that's kind of like the way that I justify it, you know. And then in another way too is like like a a human point where there's companies that have knocked us off, and then I just like yeah, but this dude still has a family, has parents that are proud of him takes care of his wife and his kids and they're paying for the bills and if i can inspire somebody to create something that allows them to to live this life of you know not have of an entrepreneur like i i take pride in that at least i inspired somebody you know that's kind of the way that i i justify it you know completely i think um you know i love
1: him to death but miles is a good example mm-hmm. this guy was making turbo kits before there were turbo kits
3: for sure you know? and he rev hard kits
1: yep <laughs> rev hard yeah you know yeah and i know he was on the show and everything and like but miles is not a rich man yeah he didn't make a million millions of dollars you know on these kits and everything but yet there are other companies that are making them in the, in the turbo and i tease him all the time because back in the day man you ever seen a rev hard manifold yeah you put that on a table and he'd be like yo dude <laughs> <laughs> but he was doing his thing And he was innovative and he was out there, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you talk about, like, who invented the automobile. It's debated between Ford and Daimler-Benz and Mercedes. And, but when you talk about that, you're like, well, those two were the companies. No, they weren't. When those companies came out, there were dozens of other companies making cars that are not even there anymore, you know? And I'm not saying whether they were more innovative or not, but anytime you have, like, a revolution or move like look at crypto right now you know there's a million people mining crypto Mm -hmm. you know everybody's trying to jump in on it but only a few are going to rise to the top is that the quality companies or the knockoffs you know Mm. that's the that's the that's the question you know the knockoffs tend to be able to get there faster by you know churning and burning and like making poor quality products that are maybe not you know mil spec and not designed to the ultimate level and then they get there but they don't make a good product you know yeah so
0: and it does help out too uh just to introduce people into that product whatever it is you know whether it's uh, you know the bushings or something like that maybe they buy the knockoff one and it it fails and oh well i want to buy the other one because it's a better quality product now so the better company does end up winning in the end but and you know how all this stuff is its just about longevity dude how long you can stay in here and keep keep fighting keep on keeping on you know
1: exactly exactly i uh, like for me when i got when i was really getting into it like i was building like mini trucks and everything and i was trying to you know race them or whatever and i i went to an old school place called super shops on van nuys boulevard in the san fernando valley and they had center line wheels which were super expensive and i couldn't afford them and i ended up getting the yankees mm. and i got Yankees, and then i said what tires should i get and they said bf goodrich comp ta's you know and i'm like okay i got those tires and they were good tires but they were expensive and then i got my next set of tires and i went back to get the bf goodrich and i'm like those were like really expensive you know and like when they wore out and they said oh we have another company they're called folda's and back in the day like folders were like like a cheap, cheaper tire. Mm. And I'm like, I'll take the folders. And the foldas like they I got nails, I got flats, like like you know, they didn't they weren't good t- and they didn't they didn't drive as well. I'm like, I feel like I'm sliding more, I'm like losing tri-. and I found out that the BF Goodrich was a more higher quality tire. Got you. And I'm like, whoa, I just learned that like, yeah, maybe you save money now, but you spend it down the road. So then the next set of tires, I'm like, I want to do even better than the BF Goodrich. So I bought Yokohama A008Rs, which are these nutty freaking race tires with like dimples in them to measure the wear. They were full blown for autocross. And I got them for like a street driven truck. And I drove, and they wore out so fast. And I was like, (laughs) these are the shittiest tires and I spent more for them. But I didn't realize or understand that the reason that I should have bought them was if I was autocrossing my car. Mm. Like I wanted the ultimate in grip, but I'm driving it on the freeway and back and forth to school and everything. I'm like. Oh, well, that tire sucked. I didn't get it back then. You yeah. know, it's like so. The one thing I could say to everyone is, is do your education and do your research and like look into these companies and, you know, even it sucks because you can't even go on like Amazon or go on like reviews to see because everybody's planting fake reviews mm. these days too. So you can't even really do that. But you have to like really try hard and really push into looking the manufacturer, or looking at the quality of their stuff, looking at like. You could gauge not by reviews but by who uses the product. Who's putting down star stuff on their vehicles and you're like, oh shit, all the best people are using this stuff. Yeah. And that alone, to me, when I get into something new and I'm looking at something, you look at all the influencers, some of them use questionable. Then you kind of like go, oh, okay, well those wheels don't look like they fit or that part doesn't look like it's the best. But they're using it and you'll realize later that there's a pay to play element yeah. to it. But if you look at like all the people, like you see a name pop up more and more and more and more and you're like, okay, I get it, you know. Do your research like anything else. Yeah. You know, and I'm hoping that that's what will help stem the tide of of terrible knockoffs.
0: Yeah. And it could just be that the community is just way too big. So there's just room for everybody. I, I
1: hope so. I hope that's the case. Yeah. I hope where the cream rises to the top and then there's a bunch of like tier two and tier three and tier four. Companies, but you know those tier two and tier three and tier four companies seem to be taking a lion's share of the the sales these days. You know, yeah, where people just like maybe is maybe it is doing it all for the gram. If it looks good on your phone screen, you're like, oh, you know, people are down with these shitty whales. You know,
0: now you you said that trends always uh, always come back. Obviously, they would go. Do you feel like this kind of way that we consume uh, content? Um, social media and things like that and just having such a short attention span do you feel like this is this is a trend or this is just the way that society is now for now on
1: damn that's a really good question Frank
0: Um, yeah you're right
1: Um, the way we're consuming media is evolving at such a rapid pace to the point where it used to be books and then it was magazines which were condensed versions of books. And then it became, uh, you know, Friendster, MySpace, Facebook post. And then it became Instagram. And then it became Twitter with 140 characters. Mm. They've since gone up to 270. And then it became YouTube, which were videos of any length. But then it became Vine. Mm. which was like a, less than a minute I six think. seconds six I think six seconds 16 I don't six,
0: know if they they made it longer they, but it was yeah, like but six they, seconds at the beginning
1: it was just a quick hit and then Instagram saw that so they did stories that were 15 seconds and then TikTok came out with like 30 seconds and now it's like it's gone to a point where everything is defined by less than a minute of content in terms of a video and a hashtag because you don't if you write along even IG posts these days no one reads it and to me, I'm like, wow, like the content that you digest and the way they say, the way you post an Instagram or a YouTube or a TikTok, you got the hook.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: you got to get them in like the first three seconds because they're scrolling through their phone. That's how, I don't want to say discriminating or discerning or disassociated people are with content these days, but they are to the point where you're competing with so much. Look at the streaming services out now. Yeah. You know? I'm an old school guy, so I still do cable, but I also do like Hulu, Netflix, HBO, Paramount, Paramount Plus. Rest in peace, because that thing's not going to be around for much longer. But like all that stuff, like Apple TV Plus, like if you add that all up, I spend hundreds of dollars a month Mm. on all these streaming services and everything. Because I like, you know, my girlfriend and I are watching Ozark right now. Mm. Getting a, a severance on Apple TV Plus was fire. And like, so I'm consuming all of this, but at the same time, it costs so much, and there's so much competing for our attention. I'm again old school guy. So, in my day in Southern California, it was TV with channel 2, 4, 5, 7, 9, 11, and 13. And, and that's zero. It, and that's Don't forget it. zero. What was channel zero? Squid. Okay, so I got into that too because <laughs> I think I see a boob. I think I saw a boob on, on, on channel zero. Let's like, take care of business you know? real quick. <laughs> at that age yeah, yeah. You
0: know. it's like coming out you know, as it, it is, like, is it was dude. like my
1: parents wouldn't get cable TVs, so I'm looking at the spankovision uh, through the through the squiggles you know and occasionally it would freeze and like kind of and then it would go and you're like oh I ha- like, I'm so close because it's easy watching yeah. I was like, let me give him a little something
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so like that was it but now there's so much out there so um, when I see it going away from that there is, I believe, a throwback to OG content, which is magazines. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a couple different ones. There's Triple Zero Magazine. That's a that's a super high end uh, subscription for Porsche owners. Okay, L- Larry Chen shoots for them, and that's like beautiful, like high stock photography and and paper and everything. And then there's uh, Surfers Journal for the surfing world. And then there's also Rodder's Journal for the hot rod world. And there's
2: beautiful,
1: gorgeous photography, amazing writing. And those are just three that I could think of that are coming back that are like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna build the best. And back in the day it was Super Street, man, our, like I had all the Super Streets from the beginning. I was editor for seven years. And um, I had all the Super Streets before my tenure and I would see them. I had them all in, in my office and I would watch and they would like, they would get shorter and shorter. and I said, why are, why is my issue so much shorter than the issue that was five mm. years ago?" And they said cost And they go you're getting more and more popular. so we shaved the magazine down the height because the money that we save in paper costs for 500,000 you know subscription is that saves us so much money. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And then I'm like, also, why can I see through the page and the mm. photo bleeds through to the other side and they're mm. like, again, cost. Because, you know, and then there was a guy named Rob Laidlaw that came out with a magazine called Modified Magazine and the, and he did thicker, the photography was terrible, the writing was terrible, but he did a beautiful product. And I'm like, why can't we be there? And they're like, because he produces 40,000, you produce 400,000. He's, they said we can't afford to keep up with him. Well,
0: know? could could they if they didn't want if they were happy with the percentage of, of, of profits that they were making uh, when they were, the magazine was smaller?
1: No, they said they they said he won't be around with the money that he's spending on okay. building these beautiful magazines Got for you. only forty thousand readers. And I'm like, doesn't matter. I'm like, that's a better product than ours. Mm. So now today, when I see those, and then Joey Lee is taking it back to books. Mm -hmm. Like like that beautiful coffee, I've always wanted to make a coffee table book and Joey beat me to the punch. I've always wanted a coffee table book. And I've always wanted to do like a Rotter's Journal or Surfer's Journal or Triple Zero magazine. And I've never had the opportunity. So I'm thinking that that could be a turn back to that. It's the same thing with like, if you look at like the way we consume media, you look at the music industry, hipsters for the past like seven or eight years have been getting into vinyl yeah you know like vinyl records does that sound better than an mp3 maybe does anybody care not really but there are a percentage of consumers that are like this is the fucking shit and i don't mind if i have a milk carton old school dj shout out of of vinyl records because i want to fucking hear the music and i want that experience of like it's the same thing with like coffee starbucks like made coffee like we're gonna bang it out for you. We're gonna give you beautiful, well, you know, well roasted beans and everything. But then you have like places like in in L.A. area. There's a place called Minotti's that like grinds the beans mm. and does every little thing right in front of you and does the foam art and everything else. It's a more expensive cup of coffee. If you're a coffee connoisseur, you like that. So if you're gotcha. a, a music connoisseur, maybe you like vinyl. Mm. If you're a media connoisseur. Maybe you will like Joey Lee's Chronicles book, or you like the physical, tangible touch of that. So I think it could be going back to that, you know, so.
0: That would be beautiful, man. Uh, I've I've had an idea of coming out with uh, like like a DVD, but strictly DVD, not available.
1: It's so good.
0: Anywhere. Uh, You know, if somebody uploads and puts it online, whatever, so be it, but or even just we always put out some sort of reels or commercials or things like that and like we'll put that on a flash drive and put that in every every order that we sell hey, that's and, so good. you know people get it they get it or but it's it's a physical item that they'll have and it's just not available online but dude
1: when you say that i know you're you're channeling your skateboarder roots
0: for sure thrasher magazine back for in the sure day,
1: the, the dvds that came in the magazine dude, you know, like it's like
0: when when i started getting back into skateboarding um it was with my son it was maybe 2000 i think it was april 2019 when he wanted to get a skateboard and then fast forward to now he and i are both in the culture at at the same level like we're, we're talking about did you see this video did you see that you know he, he, he's like my he's my friend uh, uh, like he's my best friend you know Completely. but now when i skate with him i'm skating with his buddies and it's not like oh you brought your dad it's like oh no we're all hanging out yeah yeah,
2: yeah.
0: and um and then uh i met my buddy jay the one who works at baker and then just dove head into the 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 culture of skateboarding that's like the mecca you know that's like meeting oh, the baker yeah. yeah you know so once i'm the that then i start to see the culture of skateboarding and then i just start to like reflect on myself and look at downstar and so many things that i've done with downstar are influenced by my culture of skateboarding and of baker itself baker's been my favorite brand not even skate brand but favorite like top three brands ever since i was a child you know and when i got into uh when i got into the automotive community i don't know if you've seen that picture we did with the where we're, it looks like we're selling drugs and we have the ak <laughs> and stuff like that like it's so good that was that was my idea well it's nothing that that baker's ever done but it's just like baker looks at the skateboard community like yo we're gonna do whatever the fuck we want to do and if you fuck with us cool and if you don't cool, whatever. I don't give a fuck. This is just what we're going to do. And then when I, I recently reflect on it, I'm like, man, that's crazy how much of a unbeknownst to me that the, the, the community of skateboarding had an influence on my life itself. Completely,
1: completely. I think there's so many parallels and not only just the Honda market, but the automotive aftermarket on the whole. For sure. It's like if you look at NASCAR, it started with like moonshiners. If you look at like hot rodding, it started with like illegal street racing. Same with the Honda world and everything. All of that started from the undergrounding. And and skateboarding is the same way. It's like everything about street skateboarding is illegal. Yeah. You know, no skateboarding Mm -hmm. allowed and all of that, you know, it's like all of that was all that came from there. You know, it's like, oh, this is my daughter FaceTiming. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Answer it, brother. Hi. Hold on, I gotta show you something. Okay. Where are you? <laughs> I'm on a podcast right now. Oh yo! Ah. Hold on. Show show him. Show him your show him your downstar board. Yo, well, that's, that's my th- friend that's who thr- gave th- you the that's skateboard. She still No. She put the thrasher. <sighs> Oh, no on way it on it. And I asked her, I said, do you want to show Downstar or thrasher? But she liked thrasher because of the flames, well, I'm going to get so you another deck. So you're you're getting, we'll put that one you're right getting under on it on blast right <laughs> now, baby girl, because you showed the thrasher side and said, but her Downstar hat got taken away at school. Really? Yeah. Oh so no, we'll, we'll get her laced up what's that? Uh-huh. both, both downstar hats. Did they? Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, wow. So she like lives, young Jeezy. Dude. She that's lives crazy. to wear a hat. <laughs> so
1: can I call you? Can I call you tomorrow or later today? I'm going to yeah. call you back. Everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I love you. I love you, too. Bye, baby girl. Bye.
0: Dude, I love oh, that. Oh, thank you bro. for letting me take this. Dude, of course.
1: Yeah. So, And also, I feel terrible because one of the things I always do is I always try to post when I get something. And you sent me, like Frank sent me the like sweetest, like he saw my kids were skating. And you sent me the th- sweetest care spa- care package with like all the down yeah. and and he was even kind enough to send me like two different width boards so my eldest is like pretty hardcore and my youngest daughter is just like whatever so she's like I want to skate with a narrower board and you sent me like an an 8 it, it uh an uh, uh, 825 yeah, 850 yeah, yeah, yeah. and then she's like okay let me stand on it and everything. My little was like, I don't care. I'll take the whatever one. Uh-huh. So when we were putting it up on her wall, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm such a nerd because I'm like, no, we got to get like the little spacers and like shadow box it and everything. She's I like, get a shoelace the nails and like <laughs> smash it in there. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, well here you go. This is my friend gave us the board because they had like they Went to like which you you were talking earlier about some places in the mall, and there was mm-hmm. a place in the mall, yeah. So I took them to get. And my one, my eldest loved the like skate shunt, you know, like skate shunt, skate jump, skate shunt, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That,
0: shake junk, shake junk, shake junk, shake yeah, junk.
1: yeah, the grip tape, yeah, yeah. like I, you see that everywhere now. And I'm such an old school guy, I'm like, yo, if it's not a Powell deck and uh, um, trucks and Bones wheels I'm like I don't want none of it you know yeah. so like they're getting into all their own things so she wanted the, the, the Shake jump, jo- and then the other one wanted my youngest wanted Thrasher oh okay and I'm like my heart like I love Thrasher Dude. back in the day so she she with the grip tape but she never built her board up and my oldest like I, it's like runs through all her boards and she goes yeah i want this she goes i like this board and i'm like yeah it's made by baker and she goes is it really she got that much more excited hell i'm yeah. like yeah because my friend partners with them she goes okay so i gave him all the gear and, everything. and my my youngest got her hats that's mm. just got i'll get her ticket. some more dude i'm hell yeah i love it man <laughs> so she goes i go hey my, so my friend um has his uh that's his company, you know. You want it? She goes, "No, well, I like the flames on the. Th- nah. I'm like, Yo, I'm like, I can never show him this, and now she called today, and I got put on blast. I'm like, see what you made me do? I'm no, like, it's all, it's all good. Dude. I'll get her another
0: deck, bro. But hey, I'm never competing with Thrasher. They're so, the OG. Yeah, dude. I know. <laughs> see,
1: so that's one of the things too. Like super crazy throwback is Jake, the OG editor from Thrasher.
0: Mm, rest in peace.
1: Yeah. So Jake um, flagged well, yeah. flagged the Jim Connor Five ended. Where Ken into Jim 5. Jake from Thrasher was the was the flagger at the very end of no that. No, that's a shit. weird little Easter egg because Ken obviously started DC Shoes, which was a huge skateboarding brand. Yeah, and um, he was with Deer Deck, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Deer Deck was one of his riders, okay. You know? Oh, so, really? Like, Ken, in a weird way, before he got into cars, he was like the mayor of X Games Town. Yeah, like, you didn't know who he was because Danny Way mm, was the co founder mm-hmm. of and. Rob Durdick rode for him and Travis Pastrana rode motocross bikes for him and they did all that stuff. And, you know, Ken was just the guy behind the scenes. When Danny Way wanted to jump over the Great Wall, Ken was the guy helping direct that. When Dyrdek wanted to jump off of the helicopter down onto a quarter pipe, it's like, you know, yeah. it's, it, when Dyrdek did the 20-star jump in, in San Diego, Ken was the one behind all that and everything. So there was like huge, like, when you talk about skateboarding and cars coming Weird, together, dude. it's like, there's so much parallels between that. And I was a terrible skater. I raced BMX bikes, but I always loved skateboards and all the like tough crazy kids roads. and the the for me my era is like the Skull and Sword, the Ripper, you know, mm. the Rob Roscoff hand and everything on Santa Cruz like that old school like gnarly skate art, you know, and like who was it Dwayne Peters which was just such a fucking asshole, you know. It's <laughs> like but like all that aggressive punk rock yeah. anti-social like just like rebellion, I never got into stick and ball sports, and I'm like, "Yo, I like this." And when when one skater wins, all the other skaters cheer for them. And when yes. they accomplish a trick and everything, you know, like I love all of that. And for me, like a throwback, a little bit after my era, more of like a second gen guy than mm-hmm. the first gen original Bones Brigade guys and everything was um, Tony Hawk, mm-hmm. and he just had that documentary that popped off. Was until the wheels fall off. Like if you're into skating at all. I, I haven't watched it. Yet. You, what what you, is it on? It's on ATV Plus, Apple TV Plus. Oh, okay, will gotcha. And or maybe HBO Go. I'm not sure which one. But if you if you if you research Tony Hawk until the wheels fall off, okay, it's an amazing like documentary. Not necessarily about the birth of skateboarding. If you want to watch the birth of skateboarding, you go to Dogtown and Z Boys. Mm. Dogtown and Z Boys is like the original Zephyr skate company and everything like OG. Yeah. SoCal Venice Beach sort of vibe. That's another one. But like. Tony Hawk's one I thought it was neat because it tells the story of a person who's like just you know I love the story of a person who who, when you talk about art I think in order to create good art you need to be fully committed to that art no matter what it is yeah. whether it's nailing a skateboard trick or developing a product or creating media or building a car you need to be fully devoted to that art and we go back to knockoffs again if you want to be fully devoted to that you have to be there has to be a element of legitimacy and the legitimacy comes from the parts that you choose the builders that you work with the uncompromising detail that you adhere to in building that vehicle or building that product or creating that media or creating that art or even producing a podcast i've never done anything like this before i'm wearing cans i got a fucking super pro mic i got lights <laughs> you watch this and you don't think that's that big of a deal but behind the scenes Frank has put a shit ton of fucking effort into this and I think it shows I mean I feel like I'm on like the news or something (laughs) this is fucking fire you know so like all of that like all of that stands and like Tony Hawk like the stories I never knew like how hardcore he was like people would say like he would kill himself before he would not achieve a trick he's like I'm not leaving the skate park until I get Towed away on a gurney or i fucking nail this trick Uh. you know he'd be so tired and i to me too as a wannabe skater i'm nothing like frank but like as a wannabe (laughs) skater um i'm like i do my little tic tacs and i do my little half ollies and that's about all i got in me anymore but like to me like when i see like skate videos one of my favorite things about skate videos is at the end of the video they show all the fails Mm. and like people like just Wrecking themselves, trying to do a ten stair or something, yeah. you know, and they just they just pick up the board and they run back up and they do it again, they do it again, they do it again, yeah, until they get it. When they get it, they barely get it, and the entire set of everyone, all the click, all the posse, all the entourage, everyone just absorbs the skater. Yeah. To me, I just I I live for those moments. That element of success, achieving your art, yeah. is the same thing. I don't know if you're old enough to remember, but like. Tony Hawk hit the first 900 yeah. in like mm-hmm. 1999 X Games or 2000 X Games. Son long, yeah, super that. fucking long time ago. And like, the competition was over. He didn't win or lose or anything, but they were gonna go to a commercial and then he's like, I'm not, I don't care if you go to a commercial or not, I'm gonna keep doing it. And they kept filming him and everybody watched him. I think it was like seven or 12 tries, you know, that he tried to, do. and the ESPN stayed on it God and damn. filmed him doing it. And like, dude, You skate like if you don't hit a trick seven times especially on a vert you know it's like dude you were getting fucking slammed for sure and he went back up and did it every single time until he hit it and he nailed it he could just you could feel it you know no one at that
0: time even realized that uh the um 900 was possible
1: oh it was like a myth you know and this was pre like you know nowadays like people were at travis pastrana's place and doing like quads, quad backflips, quad backflips on motorcycles. And like it films and it drops and everybody's like, okay, game over, someone did it, you know, Mm -hmm. so they know. But back then, like there wasn't a lot of, you know, like 99, 2000, there wasn't, YouTube was barely a thing and like there wasn't a lot of social media. So people weren't filming everybody across the world going, okay, it's done, someone's done it. Everybody's like, did anyone hit it? Or am I gonna still try? I'm trying to, I don't think anybody could do it. If you watch people's fail videos, that can almost teach you what they did wrong and maybe how to do it. And you watch or people talking about it. Like, like, dude, today, like this is another old man rant, YouTube tutorials, anything you want to do on earth. Like, fuck, what did I do? What was I doing? I was looking
0: up how to build
1: a pond in the backyard. And you you type in how to and then like whatever about Apple, iPhone, algos build a pond you know and you're like whoa dude i is in my <laughs> mind and they got it and then you t- and there's like a 3 minute video or a 13 minute video it's For like sure. a time lapse or what and you're like oh shit i got to lay down some plastic first i didn't know that the water wasn't going to absorb into the earth but okay i get that and if i want to do something more substantial i got to maybe concrete or mm-hmm. something and you're like okay and here's how my filtration filtration system i didn't, I didn't even know, think I did, about that to, what about know, the raccoons yeah, exactly you, know, you yeah. know and then like you go down that rabbit hole and you do that, so it's become that much easier to learn. But yeah, I don't know, we were talking about media and how, what where media is going, but I hope it goes back old school. But to take that crazy, long-winded, drunken rant all the way back around, I will say that one of the things that I think has been more topical than ever is live streaming. Mm. Even more than podcasting, I love what you're doing, but even more than podcasting, I think live streaming will be the next big thing. And I, it's 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 kind of doing one of these, you know, for the past few years. Like live streaming is a thing and not a thing, and it's the, you know, but and I also think that um, hybrid events, which are like an event that combines like the ultimate event, like a Honda meet or something, but also there's a digital element or a live stream element, mm. so that people in Japan who aren't there. Can experience, And I don't think anybody's ever done that with Tokyo Auto Salon. Tokyo Auto Salon's like a shadow of what it used to be. But I still will say that like a Honda meter or a Tokyo Auto Salon or like Tuner Evolution or any of those, like I think that there's an element to where you could have a live component, but you could also have something like, you know, what's Pokemon Go, gotta catch them all sort of vibe and yeah. any, where people can use their phones to create a virtual experience and then maybe capture Easter eggs that get them into a VIP experience. Mm. And then people who are there IRL just experience the the coolness of what the entire thing is. But if you're not there, if you live in Japan or you live in the East Coast or the West Coast and the event is on one side or the other, you can still experience that via a live stream, via digital photography galleries that are going up via Instagram feeds, via whatever it is. And I think nobody's really doing that right now. That are doing like Coachella is like For sure. know, like a good music festival, I guess. So I don't know objection about music festivals, but like something like that, like there's not an element that's that's rewarding the people if you're there, you're there and you experienced it. If you didn't, you know, you could see the the, the recaps later on down the line. Or the yeah. or the live stream is just one camera that's just showing sure. the
3: and
0: you're yeah. like
1: that's not really what I wanted to see. They don't invest enough into it. Even Formula Drift. Formula Drift owns this space right now. Their live stream is garbage. Oh, you know, okay. I love Jared. I love him. He's a fucking amazing host. But they have him hosting the live stream and the live event. He's all everybody put your hands up and you're out watching on your you screen and you're like, Do I put my <coughs> hands? Everybody take your cell phones out. We want your flashlights for Larry Chen. And you're like watching on your screen and you're like am I a part of this or not yeah. you know so you don't feel you feel a little disconnected from it you know so i think that there needs to be something that is a true hybrid event yeah. and i think that there's because people what people want after this pandemic is the opportunity to connect again so i think experience, live events are they're you know and we're seeing that the attendance is fucking bananas on events cuz people are just so hungry to get out and experience what anything they want to do has to offer yeah but if you can't get there i think there needs to be a digital component that links the two
0: for sure man Mm -hmm. i um just thinking about events that i've been to you know uh (sighs) most of the uh greatest memories that i have really weren't at the event that much it was like the whole weekend as as a whole you know speaking of like Honda Pro Jason. There was one time that we were in Boston and he had to fly out early in the morning and I had to fly out at like 4am or something and we're like, "Well, if we go to sleep right now, we're only going to get a few hours but uh, I have my Type R here so let's just go drive Boston. And dude, we went to downtown Boston at like 1 in the morning hanging out and then eating at like some cannoli place that's been there since the birth of America and I'm like, bro, these are the stories that people want to hear about. like Completely. Had you guys... (laughs) <laughs> live streaming, live streaming, or streaming that recording or recording it or something also if you do live
1: stream you lose the essence of what was special about that moment between you and, and jason
0: dude for
1: sure i will also say on a weird fucked up sidebar i hate to take your thunder from this go ahead
0: corner, wherever you want to go brother let's do it
1: shout out to honda pro jason for the color change on that type r because yo that's like the best color change i've ever seen on a modern car like that guy went all the way in crazy on, dude you know? but like yeah what is that like do you sacrifice the experience to create the art? It's like sometimes some of my best experiences, I don't take pictures for Instagram. I don't do it all for the gram. For sure. Because I'm like, yo, for I sure. want to be with my kids. I want to be with my love. I want to be with... I want to be with my boys skating mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, riding bikes mm-hmm. or surfing or doing something, you know? It's like I do this weird little proof of life thing on my IG in the mornings. Like when I go surfing, I'll take a picture of my board yeah, yeah some yeah, fucking yeah. fucked up street art or something. And I'll just do that right before and it started as a game that I did with my sister to go, "Come out and come surfing." With mm. Me. And that was it. I do the time and the air temp. And I'm like, "Get out here now. You know where I'm going to be." And I was trying to egg her on to coming, and she's since moved away and she doesn't surf anymore. But I still surf, and I still find myself still doing it, you know? But all I want to do is take that picture and rush out into the water because I don't want... People are like, why don't you get a picture of you? Because then I'd have to fucking take a picture, take my board all the way to the water, take a picture, come back, put my phone in the car, and then do... You know, I'm like, that that takes away yeah. from the moment. Same thing with my, when I'm with my kids. I'll take them, and we'll do, like, crazy stuff. You know, I'll take them to, like, Disneyland, or, like, yeah. we'll go skating in Venice or something, and I'm just like, yo, let's just, like... I'll take a quick pick and I'll do it all for the gram. But then I put my phone away and I just absorb the moment. You
0: know? Dude, I feel you so much on that. And there was a chance that, or there was a time that we were trying to uh, do YouTube. And that was the one thing that really bothered me. It was like, dude, I don't want to have like this camera and put in somebody's face. And there's there's one video that's out there is when, um, you know, it was one of the second times I met my buddy Jay. Um and he brought uh his buddy um it was jake hayes and jake hayes is pro for death wish first time that we met him and we're like recording as we meet him and now looking back at him i kind of cringe over it and i'm just like damn bro that's weird that i like stuck it in this dude's face pause like the camera in his face and we're like hey what's up nice to meet you on camera and i have a camera exactly but uh that's my boy shout out shout out to jake but um yeah it just i mean it was it was cool the interaction was cool it affected the interaction it, it for it, sure it, like it
1: definitely like It didn't have the vibe or the flow or the low-key element. That, well, who like, knows? Yeah, right? Who
0: knows what it would have felt like he
1: might be looking at you like, "Yo, man Who's this who's this fucking kook? That's like exactly and
0: especially when there's so many of those people out there so it's so hard for you yeah. to to change somebody's mind in uh, that first interaction, like, ah, oh, who is this fucking guy with a camera, you exactly, know? exactly. But then there's been so many amazing moments that we've had where my son and I are skating in the park next to Andrew Reynolds and I'm not just like taking pics or posting, I'm just like soaking it in, you know?
1: Dude, there's a, there's a dude that no one knows who he is and every morning I go out surfing and I go out like twice a week, I go out mornings, Mondays and Fridays, whether it's flat or whatever, I just try to like, those are the days I plan in my calendar and which is the worst way for a surfer you're supposed to go out when you're supposed to go out when the waves are big and i'm like i'm over here like mondays and fridays because i'm a nerd i'm on the ocd nerd yeah. so but every morning when i go out there's a dude that's he comes back from wherever i don't know where he's coming back from but back to where we all park our cars and he's got a leaf blower mm. and he's walking with the leaf blower and throws in the back of a little shitty toyota pickup truck And somebody goes, Jesse, I see your board. And there was like some shitty ad that had a bunch of old school Dogtown boards on it, like from the original, like boys, the original like Bones Brigade and everything. And I I somehow figured out that it's Jesse Martinez, one of the old school OG Bones Brigade skaters. And he um, goes to, I did a little research on him, Mm -hmm. and he goes to Venice Beach every morning. He lives up here in Ventura. And he drives down to Venice Beach every morning and he takes a leaf blower and he blows out the the park every day. Blows the sand out of the park for the skaters. No way. Every fucking day. Oh my day. God. This yeah. is an OG dude. And no one knows who he is. And just wow. a few people. And I started to get to know him. And he talked to me. He goes, how are the waves today, brother? And I'm just so stoked. I get to knuckle pound with Jesse Martinez Wow. every now and again. And a couple, one day, like one of the other dudes, like heavyset dude in a little pork pie hat, and I look at him, and I'm like, holy shit, that's Christian Hosoi. Wow. And I say, what's up, Christian? And he goes, what's up, man? And they're just like, whatever. But to me, I'm like, but I won't spoil. Like, yo, come, like, take a picture hey, with come me. come take a selfie. I want to, but at the same time, I'm like, yo, these are, like, skate legends from the OGs, you know? Oh, Jay Adams man. used to run there before he passed. Rest in peace, Jay, you yeah. know, and, like, these are like OG people that That's I'm like, crazy. yeah, that I'm like, yeah, this is like, to me, it it also bums me out. Like people go, you know those people because you're old. Mm. And I'm like, I get that. But I also know the people who came before me. I make it like if I'm into something, if I'm into cars or something, I want to learn about like people like the old auto Definitely. union Audis and the, the old school days of Le Mans and all of that shit and Carroll Shelby and like. You know stuff people like that because i'm like i want to learn about that you know it doesn't mean that i know that because i was old and i was around for that i was around for a lot but i i want to know about what happened before my time too because i want to know what brought us to this point yeah you know what was the history that took us to where we are now
0: well and giving credit to those that were credits due you know that was one of my biggest things with the podcast Is that you know i got into the honda community like 2007 i started the business in 2009 2007 2009 is already past the the foundation being set for the honda community so i'm looking at people as ogs who were children to the ogs like you know so when i when i had the opportunity to start this podcast and i reach out to some people like i've had bergenholtz on and i get to hear how the story was back in the day you know um just to just to be able to hear those stories and to show these guys like yo look there's somebody in the new age that is interested in you in your story you know and and wants to actually document the story and hopefully people will Want to listen to it one day and hear you know who was street racing who was battling at battle of the imports when did they come out with the willy bar what what changed what changed everything you know and um no i i totally get that man we're giving giving thanks to people who set the foundation for people like me to survive to feed my family off of it cuz without them putting in that work on those street races or what have you, you know, trying to figure out which motor goes in what car, you know, those things, I wouldn't be here today. And I appreciate that.
1: Completely like that sort of innovation, that sort of radical departure, I find that fascinating across industries. If you look at like Bill Gates when he was developing Microsoft or Steve Jobs when he was trying to make the first Apple computer. I love those origin stories. You know, I love that. No matter where it comes from, but I think it's it's neat to recognize that. And I appreciate yeah, you doing that for, for sure. The next generation, like doing that from the generations that came before you, because a lot of those names otherwise would get lost in history. Definitely,
0: know? man. And uh, before we get off skateboarding, man, I want to give a big shout out to um, my buddy Beagle. He's actually. Filmed and part of the the new Shake Jump video that came out. It was called Shrimp Blunt. And uh, I I really want you to watch it, dude. And if you can, watch the podcast uh, after that. Because Beagle actually created the entire skate video around a DJ set. Because he DJs as well. So he DJed and mixed a bunch of songs. And then made the video after that. And we dissected and everything. But the reason I say Beagle, uh, shout out to Beagle and Shane, Shane Heil. He's the owner of Shake Jump. Um, Beagle was one of the filmers on Baker 2G, which oh. came out in 2001, which is my all time favorite skate video and like video as well. And the intro to Downtime with Downstar is the intro music of Baker 2G.
1: No way.
0: And the podcast came out in 2018, and I just bet my buddy Jay I met him in 2020. So that's how long Baker has been like in my culture. It wasn't even, it, it didn't even come to me like an idea. Like, well, let me mix the skateboard. I was like, I've always loved this video. Let me see if I can borrow something from this and mix it in. So like just having him on the podcast and the intro of the podcast is of that skate video that he worked on in 2001. It's crazy, bro. Yeah,
1: yeah, to me, like, again, the intersection of like those different elements I like when I see people do that. I mean, you you mentioned Robbie mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. Like, Robbie just did that Porsche.
0: I love it, you know? dude.
2: Did
1: you see the interior on that yeah. thing? Yes, yeah, with the go-yard?
0: Yes, right? go-yard.
1: Yo, what the fuck? Like, come on, man. Where are you getting that from? And like going, this is the vision that I want to do. I Robbie's a baller, dude. I talked to him <laughs> after that. That's <laughs> baller yeah. shit. I talked to him after that, and he goes, this one almost killed me. Goes, this is this is the one you know he goes i'm done you know and i'm like i love to hear people say that to go this was the one that that took me to the brink you know it's like when you pour everything you have into something and that's what we talked about like like that's bring back to skateboarding but like trying to hit, nail that trick mm-hmm. like just killing yourself over that like look at someone like you know, say what you will about them, like contest skaters or whatever, but like a Ryan Sheckler or, mm-hmm. or a Nyjah Houston. Yeah. Those those heads got nothing left to prove. Yeah, for sure. Yet you'll still see them in a part, like just fucking killing themselves for- P-Rod a, as well. P-Rod, same thing. You know? P-Rod, same deal. You know, it's like those guys have money on money on money. Stacks. Not about that. You know? It's not about that. It's about like keeping it core yeah. or anything. And I like that for the art,
0: you know? Definitely, man. There's- there's uh you can't take away from their skills for sure those guys that you talked about especially niger like you can't take away from their so skills there's so many
1: haters you know yeah
0: i mean you know? there, there's when you give people reasons to hate you're going to get yeah, you're going to get haters yeah. so with with skateboarding there is there is it's like your skills versus who you are as a person and and the things that you represent and it's just like the honda community sometimes you're just not gonna vibe with the culture so you can have your own culture and dude they're still killing it. just like you know sheckler like he was super blackballed because he lied to uh to phelps about uh was a frontside flipping el toro and he never did it but he came out on a podcast with just like two weeks ago on the nine club podcast and said, Yo, I was lying. This is the reason why I lied and you know, regretted it. And when you do shit like that, it's it's like it's 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 beautiful, huh? You know, you're growing and you realize the mistakes that you made. And when people do that, it's like, all right, cool, no problem, bro. You know, keep on keep on doing it.
1: Yo, I appreciate you saying that because I found in today's culture, again, old man rant, um, people are so quick to cancel for sure. This cancel culture we have, people fuck up, they make mistakes, they do, you know. Aside from like driving through a farmer's market and like keeping your foot on the gas and plowing through, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hundreds of people, you know, like people make mistakes, Definitely. you know. We should, we should, you know, like there's a whole thing, and like, um. What is it that that VH1 behind the music things? It's like Mm -hmm. you want to see that musical act or that actor or that rock band or whatever like achieve the heights of success, have that moment that makes them fail, like Mm -hmm. reach rock bottom, and then hey, claw their way back to relevance. It's like everybody loves that story, you know, and it's like yo but we're the ones who like send them down to the bottom again we build them up and then we send them back down for our own pleasure for our own pleasure you know (laughs) it's like in terms of likes in terms of buys in terms of spends it's all about that and we're so quick to like throw people in the gutter go buy another sort of thing and I, I appreciate like when like someone like you will say like, yeah, he fucked up and, and he acknowledged it, you know, and I'm like, I think that's neat. I think it's shitty of someone to say that, you know, and oh, and one quick fact, I and one quick follow up, I got to ask you, are the El Toro stairs still around? No, or they, well, they, they,
0: they, they, they're they there still, but they put a, a whole gate. In front That's of That's
1: what, it. yeah, someone told me they're, they're done, you know, and yeah. I'm like, how did they, what did they make it that it was done? You know, I remember <laughs> when they, a, like, a I'm like, big Is it escalator, just a, 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 a wheelchair wrap? That'd be the world's <laughs> steepest wheelchair. I'm like, I don't get it. But there was a weird thing that my intersection of my two worlds came when they were like redoing them a couple mm. years ago and it was just dirt. And mm-hmm. oh, okay. took a mountain bike off of the top of one of the school buildings and like dropped in down oh, to Oh, wow. Them. That was a pretty intense hit. I was like, damn. So.
0: Yeah, and oh, yeah. and even Nigel too. You know, like Niaja. There's one video where I think he's trying to frontside flip it as well because that was kind of the thing after Scheckler said it. Hold
1: on, like, dude, like, what is the El Toro stairs? It's like a 19 gap or a it's, 20 it's, gap.
0: It's 20, 20 plus. 20 plus. I'm not sure exactly. Yo, what it is. if you're
1: if you're just doing the El Toro stairs or rail, like,
0: all credit. But if you're oh frontside flipping the El Toro stairs, splits, spl- sliding. Split is, oh. So you know, as much as like. I don't. I don't even have a problem with Nijah because he copied me and bought the same car. So shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Nyjah If you want to race, hit me up, bro. <laughs> nah, but uh, he's he's great at what he does. And that video, if you watch it, like he put his whole heart on the line. So no matter what anybody says after that, like these guys still go out there and put in work, and that's respectable. See, they don't need to do
1: that. You know, they don't need to. They don't need to be. There. That's what I I feel like part of the thing. We're like you and I have our issues with influencers and youtubers and this generation but that's got to be like a tough grind it's like what do I do next
3: you know for sure
1: you know where it's like they they're forced to do it you know like if you look at like a great musical actor something like Kanye or someone will come out with an album that will just drop hard you know that will just hit you know yeah like Dre's chronic or Mm -hmm. something like that you know and you're like okay that's the that's the one what do you do after that? Yeah. Like, how do you as an artist go, hey, you got to do something again to follow that up? You know, you're like, okay.
0: Especially uh, nowadays. Yeah. When, All right, I listened to
1: it. Now what? Now what? I want it When's now. When's the EP you know, coming yeah. out? Yeah. You got enough money. You don't need to do anything. But if you're truly an artist, you're like, how do I top myself? Yeah. Look at Ryan with his Integra. He didn't need to do anything after the Integra. He was like, okay, that's it. That was the one. I'm done. I, yeah. You know, you know. Like, and then he's. St- drop the eat after that you know he's, he's got of, and
0: then the s2000 and the ev S2, and he's got something else cooking too
1: does he really oh
0: yeah another oh, honda build guys oh
1: damn okay heard he'll it. be on
0: here soon yo we can talk about okay
1: it. i can't wait because i'm a huge i'm a huge i'm a huge rye fan yeah. so to me like i appreciate artists like the p rods they don't need to do that ryan yeah. doesn't need to do that he's making like He's even like I'm not sure I'm allowed to say this, but I'm gonna say it again. Drinking, so sorry Ryan if I if I blew if I put you on blast. <laughs> he doesn't need to do Honda harnesses anymore. No. He does like crazy mill spec harnesses for Formula Drifts. So, yeah, like, he's like he yeah. makes his money there, so he just stays in Honda for his passion. You know, yeah. dude's got an NSX and a Porsche and Beautiful everything. Beautiful house, like, yeah. dude. It's like he's, Modern. Oh my he's God. He's like set. Like. I saw all you guys went to his place. I didn't get the invite because I'm not cool enough. Ah, But all you guys go to his house and you guys have to wear like little booties. Ah. I'm like, that sounds like a Ryan thing.
0: (laughs) Shout out to Ryan. I love Ryan, man. man. See,
1: that's what I love about like true artists when we're talking about that. Like constantly like, and and maybe that's how you beat knockoffs and and haters and people who are going to, you know, it's like, Keep innovating, keep doing, stay one step ahead of everyone. To me, one of the things like people would say, like they would get so mad, they they bit our show, they bit our Mm, thing, mm -hmm. and I'd be like, what the fuck is that? The only thing you got in your fucking arsenal? I'm like, come on, man, bring some more. I'm like, I love it. I'm like, you 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 got that? Take that, have it. I'm done. I got something else. I got something else. You know, I I, to me, I'm like, I I I love when people bite off me because everyone who knows knows, you know. To me, I'm like as a media guy. I was always chase like the car or the story or the exclusive and everything. And if someone else got it, I'm like, no problem. I got more. I got so much more. For sure. You know, that's the way I'd always try to look at it. And as as an artist, I think you should always be looking at like, what's the next big thing. But like, you know, you asked me earlier, like, what, why there's no original thoughts? There isn't. Everything is everything is inspired by something else. Yeah. If it's a knockoff that's like that's not enough inspiration take that inspiration and like how can you do it better than that person? definitely not how can you copy that person mm-hmm. no one wants to see a copy and if they do they're doing it because they they can get it for cheaper that's not know? the
0: crowd that I'm after exactly anyways exactly you know? yeah I, I feel that way uh, especially about podcasting you know when somebody gets a podcast guest I'm like ah oh, dude good for them but if I have that same guest it's not gonna be the same conversation the same story. it's not no. gonna be the same show it's exactly. not gonna be and sometimes I'll be stoked to to, to see their podcast because then I'll be able to read it or watch it I'm like okay cool I know the direction that this went I'll ours go. ours is as, gonna go yeah, exactly. a totally different exactly. direction exactly um, but the direction I want this one to go to is your uh your civic at Hoonigan. oh everybody's man, been dude you know we're Three hours and 17 minutes. We're going to have to talk (laughs) about it now. I'm so sorry. (laughs) We're going to have to talk about it. (laughs) I'm on an old man right now. I love it, bro. I love it. Frank
1: hooked me up with some Pacificos and everything else.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When one door closes, another always opens, man. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, as long as whatever you go through doesn't put the nail on the coffin, dude, like, you're still good, you know? Keep on keeping on. I hope so.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I'm uh, comfortable with who I am and what I've done and what I will hopefully continue to do.
0: Are there know? still things that you're working on within yourself as a person?
1: Oh man, I've always been like of the um, philosophy that you should always be learning, always be striving to improve, always be trying to get better um, with anything I do, be it photography or writing or creative direction or um, you know, like, I feel like you have to, like, pursue two different paths. One is, like, you're doing, you're doing it. Downstar is your path. It's what you know works. And as you start to build it, you want something more. You're not going to shutter Downstar, mm-hmm. but you are going to do your podcast. And you're like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to keep hustling. Keep that plate spinning in Downstar but I want to do the podcast. Yeah. And then while you're doing that, just like my son got into skateboarding and I'm an old school skater, so I want to do that too. So I'm going to start a skate shop too. Downstar Skate. But you you do that in addition to Downstar. So you don't abandon For sure. your 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 money maker, you know? You just try to keep all the plates spinning. It's not an easy thing. Yeah. Expansion is always tough. So to me, every time I want to learn, I don't move away from the skills that brought me to where I am. I keep trying to progress in that element too, Mm -hmm. but I try to push to new horizons as well too. So one of the things, yeah, I'm always, 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 and I'll always advocate that, always be learning. School doesn't stop when you get a diploma from high school or university or whatever it is, or you get a, whatever certificate, your education should never stop. You should always continue to progress. I feel like I stagnate when I don't learn New elements. Mm. I just, you know, working with a, a brand that I'm working with now. They challenged me to do something with Google XR, and I'm like, I don't even know what Google XR. Is. What yeah. the hell what is, is that? Google XR is is uh, experiential reality. It is um, a blend of augmented reality and virtual reality. And virtual reality is putting the goggles on and getting into a world. Augmented reality is like Pokemon Go. Okay, when you put gotcha. on the goggles and you I'm seeing the tripod there. I'm seeing I'm seeing Frank here, but there's there's like a Pikachu yeah, sitting you. on your lap, and I'm like it's a blend of you know virtual and the the real reality that you're seeing. Um, uh, XR is that reality that can take like here's Frank's seat, but all of a sudden, in in addition to Frank, there's a Pokemon, but yet you can you can change that Pokemon to whatever you want it to be. So if, you, if you're looking at a car in your driveway, you could go out to your driveway and put a car in there and change the color, change mm, the wheels, change okay. everything. That's essentially, like if you put the phone in your kitchen and you're on a Lowe's app or something, got you could yes. change the cabinetry and the okay, colors and everything else and do all of that. That's XR. And I didn't even know what that was when they told it to me. I'm like, I know VR and I know a little bit of AR, but I don't know what XR is. And I I was so excited. They gave me a thing. They go, when you have some downtime, I don't know, take a couple minutes. I took like two days and I did like a full deep dive into XR. And I went like full like down the fucking rabbit hole and went for it. And I had such a blast doing it. It felt so good. And I found myself, I challenged myself to like, this was a very conservative OEM car manufacturer. And they want to figure out how to sell new cars, but I'm like, yeah, fuck this. I'm gonna tell you guys how to sell new cars, but on the side, I'm gonna figure out like, how I could do this for something cool. Yeah. Like a Super Street brand, or a Hoonigan brand, or a Downstar brand, or whatever I could do this for. you know. And I look at XR as like, where can we go with this? You know? yeah. It's so, it's, it's like, it's a, seamless, it's a seamless virtual reality that doesn't even need an app. You just take Google, and you point your phone at it, and it, and it immediately goes. And it's live streaming in real time. Wow! And to me, like, that's a potential future of whatever it is we're doing here, you know? Yeah. So, like, what if you could do a, a Downstar dress-up kit, like, straight on your engine bay? You just put your phone over your engine bay and you could envision, like, I want it in this car, in this color, in this color, in this car. And you just tap and run through the menu.
0: Yeah, I've even thought about that with, like, the, the metaverse, you know? What if we had a brick-and-mortar store in the metaverse, which you go inside of there and it shows all of our products and you can just you can literally just purchase from there. Completely, completely. But then I don't know if I even want to give that any any attention because I want to move as far away from the matrix as possible. Yo,
1: this is like I mean, we're already going down the rabbit hole yeah, like sure. when we talk about like when you want to do something and you're you're you type in how to build a pond, you're like how to you, would you like to build upon? You're like, what
2: the fuck, man? <laughs> well, I guess you know? I would. <laughs> I know.
1: You know, it's like it's it's pretty we're pretty far down deep into that rabbit hole. I'm the same way, like, as much as like I try to as old as I am, I try to embrace the newest technologies as possible, but I'm also like, you know, there's something to be said for that analog world, the connectivity between humans and the experiences of real life and the reading tangible things like I'm a huge reader, but I never got into Kindles Mm, because I just felt like, it just felt like it wasn't a tactile experience, you know? I'm like, what is this thing, you know? And as much as they're like, the screen is not like the screen on your phone or your iPad or your laptop. It feels like a page. But I'm like, (laughs) it doesn't. It still feels like a fucking screen to me, you know? And I'm like, I like the idea of turning a page and turning a page and reading, you know? magazines or books or whatever you know
0: that's so funny yeah because uh i i love reading and uh but i've never heard an audiobook before but i listen to podcasts every day
1: it's crazy that you listen to a podcast but you haven't listened to an audiobook that's maybe i'm missing something but maybe you're maybe podcasts by its core are you're accustomed to listening that in a book you're not
0: accustomed to listening to audiobook dude it's been a good combo now
1: dude i love i love mixing it up with you man
0: hell yeah likewise I'm brother. super
1: inspired by you i'm super I'm a huge fan of yours dude, thank like, you man i appreciate yeah, it I'm like i'm super honored to be here you know hell like, yeah. when you call when you hit me up i was like really me you know so it's so it's so nice to like i've never been here before to like get the tour and see the skate shop and see you giving back to like every community. That's your, your passion. And I love the way you do that. You
0: know, thank you, brother. trying, you know, there's so many things that I can complain about and wish that they were different, but you know, just, just like as society is the only way we're going to change is if we change ourselves. And there was a lot of flaws that I had internally that I had to work on and that that was making me see the world in a certain way, you know, and that's, like that self-reflection that i've done that's really helped me kind of figure out how i want to move in this space do i want to stay in the honda community do i want to devote all my attention to this do i want to keep putting as much attention into the hardware part of it do i want to podcast and see how far i could get this do i you know i'm just trying to figure it out and uh, like i think where i'm at right now in this space is if i could just spend time with my family whenever i want and i could have fun whenever i want like doing these kind of things and that's what i want to do you know I, i've had the points where you know you don't have to worry about money and stuff and it's like that wasn't as that wasn't as appealing to me as I thought it would be, meaning that kind of took away the luster from me wanting to grind every day. you know I don't want to I don't want to be grinding 24 seven you know, just to have all this money that you know, just sits in the bank until I need it. like I want to do things that are exciting to me and that shit don't cost money. This doesn't cost anything, you know just time.
1: Yeah, I love that because you could see now that your passions are truly in media, in creating art, in, in the products that you make, and in the skateboarding brand that you've built. It's not about the money. Yeah. And I'm not saying that people who are constantly chasing that grind are about the money, but for them, maybe their passion is how much money can they make. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hate on them, but at the same time, it's super refreshing to see you say, "Yeah, I wanna, I wanna be able to like slow down and enjoy life and everything." You know, yeah. that's what success should be to me in my eyes. You know, it's like having that. You know, this, I keep speaking in cliches when I'm saying it again, but like that work-life balance. You know, sure. is like huge. You know, if you spend more time on your work than your life, initially, you will get ahead, and you've you've done that. But now you could like, kind of like tilt the scales in the other direction a little bit and spend more time on your life and not have to worry about like, yeah, maybe I won't send as many units out in in downstar as I, as I would like to, but you're like, do I need it? I'm like comfortable now.
0: Yeah. I spent most of 2021 outside of the shop and that's because I had my daughter in 2021 and Success to me was not being at the shop and being at home with my daughter and seeing her, you know Developing every single day, you know, and and that's what I deem success And then sometimes, you know, you you look online and you get you get in those traps and you see people that you you know you that you can convert converse better than on a podcast or they you you can build cars better than them but sometimes it comes down to the reality of look this dude's in his garage every single day making content 24 7 online uh doing whatever like that's the life that they chose and then this is what they get but they don't get what you get
1: exactly exactly.
0: they can't clock out you know, and as 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 much as I can't clock out being a business owner, like I can, dude. You know, I I can answer the emails later if I want to. You yeah, know, yeah. I could yeah. I could scale down from going to these shows where I could be making money and making new connections, but dude, I'm losing a whole weekend with my family, where I'd rather just go skateboard and go eat at some some deli in L.A. that we really don't get to eat at. Oh, you know,
2: dude. that's how
0: I see it, dude, and it just I don't want to say that that's the right way to live, but it makes me feel good right now. And everybody that I care about, my my immediate family, everybody's happy. So,
1: dude, that that's so real. I appreciate that to no end. You know, and that's the same way I I I try. I try really hard. I'm I'm a bit of a workaholic, and I really like love what I do. Yeah, and I'm fortunate that I love what I do. But um. I also love my family very much, and I love you know spending time with my special lady friend and everything. And like when I when I do that, I feel enriched and I feel recharged, and yeah. I come back to the work that I do. I also find as I'm getting older, I find that I try to work in um, greater efficiency. I try to maximize the time that I For have sure. at work to give myself that time that I have to spend with my family and my true love. And and when I do that. It gives me it gives me the time that I spend at work feels more valuable and feels more um, effective, yeah. and more efficient, and more proper. You know,
3: for
0: sure. Get in, take care of business, and then get back to what really matters, dude. Exactly. I like, uh, it, it took me a little while to realize that you know that the free time that I have that I spend with my family is is as valuable as if I was spending it on my business. It's just that I'm I'm not getting paid, uh, you know, monetarily. I'm getting paid. With memories and what what's worth anything anyways memories are what's what's worth something that's all you got
1: yeah it's so like especially when your daughter was born it's so important to spend that time for sure my son was born when i was right in the mix of it at uh, my my eldest was born and when i was right in the mix of it at um at super street and i didn't spend enough time in my eyes with and then my my youngest followed up immediately afterward and I felt bad because I didn't spend enough time with them. Yeah. You know, I make it quality hours about when I'm when I'm working. You know, and I still do that to this day. I'm fortunate enough now that I just I'm a freelance contractor now. My only I'm project based. Yeah. So I'm like if I can get the work all done by three four o'clock, I can go take my kids to you know the you know we went to uh, California California Adventure and like I'm like yeah let's go let's go in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, it's like let's do that. I don't have a boss right now. You know, so
0: I love it. Hell yeah, Nats. Dude, it was such a pleasure to sit with you and to chop it up for uh, four hours.
1: Yeah, I know. Dude, apologies to everyone for this. This guy. Dude, everybody loves it, bro. Oh,
0: man. Watch, dude. People are going to be loving this, the uh, 400 people that are going to (laughs) see it.
1: (laughs) Hey, no, you know what? I'm also, I see the numbers, you know, and I'm like, but I'm stoked that you do this now because of the passion you're building. You're building something that is very well produced and high quality, and thank you. Be it 400 people or you know 4 million, and you're you you don't care, and you continue to do that. And I appreciate that. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that hustle and that adherence to creating quality art. So thank you for having me, and thank you for the beers. Hey, much love, brother. Thank you, dude.
0: So um, before we get out of here, where can people find you at?
1: Oh man. If yeah. they want to catch up on your so, daily uh, stories, well, if they're not on the off the Robertson off ramp of the ten freeway, you're what I'm <laughs> saying, please, please, we'll work for food. I met you know Nadsy Nads at you know, at, you know at, on Instagram, and that's about it. And I got you know John dot com is my is my website for my my work stuff, and then I also have a, a, a DBA Media House is uh, my other work stuff that I do for other clients and. Yeah, I'm super down to collaborate or do whatever with anyone, yeah. you know. Could you wanna fuck around with Hondas or do content or, you know, take our bikes off some sweet jumps, I'm down for all of it. <laughs>
0: well I'd definitely like to cook up something with you. Yo, for sure,
1: man. I would love that. Would love that.
0: Hell yeah. All right guys, another episode of Downtime with Downstar and uh we out. Peace.